a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Still not back. Still not back. Struggling, pushing my way through. Got to do another radio show tonight. Good news is it'll come back by the time I get on this boat on Sunday. And then I'll spend the entire week yelling at my kids. Right. Again. You've given up on the tea? I, I just don't have... I Really, what happened the other day is I had time to stop and get gotcha, tea. Gotcha, gotcha. I didn't have time to stop and get tea. I don't know if you saw, I walked in at like 9.50 today. Um, I woke up. For you, that's pretty good, you know? So I what I've been trying to do is sleep. <laughs> this is a straight shoot. I know that, that's like... You're going to say that sounds weird. You don't understand my life. I don't sleep. I just don't get to do it. I have kids. And last night even became difficult because my younger son climbed into bed with me again. Sweetheart. Love you, buddy. Love you. But I swore, I was like, I'm going to be in bed by midnight and I'm going to get eight hours of sleep, which is unheard of in my life. Now, I didn't quite make it. I think I got to bed at like 12.15, but still, miraculous. Seven hours of sleep in my life is impossible. So I woke up, took a shower, whole nine yards. I was going to have time. I was going to be able to stop and get a tea. My wife says, hey, since we're leaving, I hired people to come clean, do like a deep cleaning of the house. But I need you to do a couple of things before. I'm like, I don't have time for that. She said, no problem. Do them tonight. To which I said, I can't do that. I have a radio show. You know that. It's on the calendar. And, you know, this is pulling the curtain back. I don't have time to go home between the two things. Or it just doesn't work out. The radio show's over here. I'm back there. You know, like it, it just wouldn't work. I live in uh, northern Baltimore County. The radio station's in Mount Washington. Just not that math don't math. So I say, all right, I guess I'll do these things now that I so appreciate you telling me at this moment and not any time before that. So by the time I got all that stuff done... I looked up, I said, my God, it is damn near 9.30. I got to go, and I'm not going to have time to stop and get a tea. So I will, uh, when I'm at the radio station tonight, they have a a lovely selection of hot teas because they understand how to take care of the talent. Maybe not financially, maybe not, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But at least they get beverages. At least they get that hot tea in order to protect those luscious pipes. You think Greg Carpenter's working without (laughs) a delicious hot tea? Love you, pal. I do. I love Greg. One of the first guys I ever got to know in this business. Love that guy. Um, anyway, so we'll see if it ever comes back. I'm guessing ever. that. Well, no, I really, I'm betting at this point that it comes back on Sunday. And then after a week of being on a boat with my two children, who will be running. You don't have anything Saturday. Do, acting like psycho. What's that? You don't have anything Saturday. We're flying like, on Saturday. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it will come back. On Sunday. Yeah. Like Saturday night, by the time I think we get there, we'll have dinner. And then I think they'll be about ready to crash. Or I can sick them for one night on my uh, sister and brother-in-law who are also going with us on this boat. But I can't do that throughout the course of the week. The kids will not allow that. And the sister and the brother-in-law won't yell at the kids appropriately when they're running and doing things they shouldn't be doing. I swear to God, all they're going to do on this boat is just run. They are going to have no thought whatsoever that there are other human beings on this boat. It is their world. The rest of us are living in it. I, I've I've done this rant True. before. Like we have we have you know what the real epidemic is in our country? The way that we treat red lights. 
I don't know when it changed. Everybody always pushed it forever, but we have gone beyond that now. People are running red lights five seconds after the light changed. We have decided, and you can tell me I'm an old man yelling at a crowd, but I'm convinced that social media is part of it. We have decided that what we're doing is more important than what anyone else is doing. And so if we're inconvenienced by something, it doesn't matter. We're the star of the show. We're going to inconvenience someone else. And the hell with who we're putting in danger in the process. We are running red lights five seconds after the light changes. That's the way my kids are in life. They don't care. They don't care what you're doing. They don't care what's going on in your world. It is their world. They are the star of the show, and you are simply in their way. That's what I get to deal with for another week. Two weeks of that, and I get another week of it. And so by the time I get back here, and the following week when I return to GCR, and we're getting ready for a divisional round playoff game, I'll probably sound like this all over again. And and, and you love them. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. <laughs> all right. I mean, I... I do. Like, I do. <sighs> yes, obviously, I love them. All right. Uh, coming up on the program, in a couple of minutes, we'll make our picks with KZ later on this hour. Charlie Batch joins us, uh, old friend of ours, Steelers uh, pre- and post-game analyst. I hate the fact that he's our friend because he came into Baltimore and won once, but it's what it is. Uh, and later on in the program, we'll get to uh, PLL Whip Snakes, Maryland Whip Snakes, coach. Don't. Okay. Don't. Not that. I think not. Might be, that. I think it might be a thing. I hate you. Griffin's all in on the whip snakes. He is. How can you not be? He is the a a number one whip snakes fan. He's starting the fan club. He's gonna be like the captain defense of the Let's whip snakes. Worse. Jim Stagnita is the head coach of the whip snakes. He will join us a little bit later on, and we'll get you segment number two of the Tyus Bowser Show with special guest Malik Ham. Today's show brought to you by the Green Turtle. Griffin, what's going on at the Green Turtle today? Uh, Green Turtle, uh, they just got uh, they just got live in person betting recently, so make sure you check it out because they are offering uh, free ten dollars bets every Thursday at the Green Turtle Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton uh, on uh, whatever you want. I guess tonight's college basketball night. Towson's playing tonight, so maybe if you're the Green Turtle in Towson, I guess you won't be able to watch the game unfortunately since it'll be on Flow, right? Oh, the Towson game. Yeah, yeah, they play Monmouth, but I do like their chances. I mean, okay. It's, uh, yeah, it's okay. it's Towson. It's, it's time for conference play. Uh, uh, Pat Scary is going to have the boys ready. I, okay. I, I like Towson tonight. Uh, so check out the Green Turtle Sportsbook so you can experience the ultimate destination for game day excitement, great food, and live in-person betting. Check out the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. Go pick up your free bet and make some money while enjoying some food tonight. So the only real news yesterday is that John Harbaugh confirms no Lamar Jackson for Saturday. And I, I inherently agree that that's the right thing to do. It would be interesting, we'll never know, but it would be interesting if at some point we learned that, that like Lamar Jackson did say, hey, I kind of wouldn't mind getting a couple of snaps, and they said they overruled, or if Lamar was on board. I don't, who knows? Who knows? But inherently, it's the right thing to do. There's no reason to put Lamar Jackson in any risk whatsoever. There is nothing to be gained by it. They announced that Tyler Huntley would start. They announced that all the other quarterbacks will be active, so it will be interesting to see how that goes. I, I, I said it all week. I think the Ravens kind of owe it, and and owe it is the wrong way of describing it because you don't, you're paying someone money. You don't really owe them anything. 
but Tyler Huntley has been a good hand. They have needed to call upon Tyler Huntley, and I think he has performed as admirably as he is capable of performing. Tyler Huntley's not a starting caliber NFL quarterback. I don't know where Tyler Huntley would be. And we we got carried away a couple of times talking about Tyler Huntley. Like we were pretending like Tyler Huntley was one of the top 30 quarterbacks in the NFL. He's not. He's somewhere between 35 and 50, and that's remarkable. It's an incredible story that an undrafted kid could be one of the 50 best quarterbacks in football. But he has performed admirably when asked to do so. And if the Ravens are intending to move on from Tyler Huntley and reading the tea leaves would make you think that. Bringing in Malik Cunningham when you already had three quarterbacks on your roster. Using a fourth roster spot on a quarterback is unheard of. I don't think it's impossible that there are teams that don't have three roster spots that haven't used, that are maybe not... As the season goes on, I think there probably are. But I don't know that. I think some teams have just put their third quarterback on the practice squad and have brought him up. The fact that they did that, and they acknowledged it was a move towards the future, makes you think that... Now, the the dumb thing to say would be, well, they could just let Josh Johnson go. If Tyler Huntley has any sort of competition for his services whatsoever... And the Ravens are a team that is paying $50 million a year for their quarterback. I could absolutely see them saying, we can't do it. We'll draft a quarterback in the seventh round or in the sixth round, and we'll come back with Malik Cunningham, and that's what our quarterback room is going to look like moving forward because we understand that if Lamar Jackson gets hurt, our Super Bowl chances are up anyway. We're just going to do the same thing over again that we did with Tyler Huntley the last time. Spending more money at the quarterback position seems unlikely to me. So if Tyler Huntley's going into free agency, I can absolutely feel some way that they think that perhaps they should let Tyler Huntley showcase himself for a game. Now there's danger to that because he's going to be out there with guys that are going to matter in the play. They can't just empty the bench entirely. Like Rashad Bateman probably has to play this one. Who would the other wide receivers be? Tylen Wallace? Treadwell's now... Oh, they did bring yeah, him up Treadwell. to the roster. So Treadwell will definitely be out there. There's no question about that. But I don't think you can get four wide receivers on the field without someone having to play. I, I get it. Okay. I get it. We're going to get to it. I promise. Out. I'm yeah. just trying to finish this thought, and then we'll get there. I promise. I just wanted to make sure. Promise. Charlie Kohler is going to have to play, and will probably play in the playoff game. So there's still a limit. Like, you don't want Tyler Huntley out there trying to look like a... I want to have the game of my life and putting anybody in a dangerous situation or maybe throwing a ball that could end up getting somebody hurt. But you do want to allow himself the opportunity to showcase his ability going into free agency. And so it'll be interesting to see how long they stick with Tyler Huntley versus turning it over to Josh Johnson. I'm thinking maybe like the first half Tyler Huntley plays and then you go from there. All right. Let's make our picks. Griffin's panicked that I didn't know that's what we were doing. I won. I beat this man. 
I beat him within an inch of his life, frankly. I mean, I, I did to this man what the Miami Dolphins felt at the hands of the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday. He is our friend, Ken Zalis, and he's back with us now here on GCR. How does it feel? How does it feel to get your ass beat like that, Zalis? It feels great because the only thing that really mattered to me last week was that I beat my son, and I did. You know, the way that you said that, it sounds awkward. I got to be honest. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what it sounds like. Those of you that know what I'm talking about know. See, I I talk to you whenever we get together, and it's wonderful, and I always enjoy our time together. I have to live with him. I understand that. I understand. (laughs) I I would say two things. One. You, you still lost to the dope. Like, you, you lost to the guy that, that has to ask questions all season long. Yeah, but I lost to see, – see, you look at it that way. I look at it as I lost to the guy that I mentored through the season. Oh, is that what you think? You think that, see, you, there we go. You think that see, you're going to take credit see, see, for you – know, we yeah. got to put that positive yeah, spin. Yeah, yeah, you think you take credit. <laughs> now we get to the actual part. When are you going to get around to getting me my money? Huh? Huh? As soon as, as soon as everybody pays. Okay, but you're not doing anything about that. I didn't see you send out like a group text like, hey, who hasn't paid yet? I'll, I'll, I'll I haven't seen that. anything like that. I'll, I'll all I see is you're sitting. You know, I know, I know, know I paid. I know, you know I paid, Zalis. I'll give you your money back. Oh, you'll give me my money back. That's what I win is that my own money back? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. We're not doing this crooked commissioner stuff. We're not doing any of that. I saw I was, Phil Walls asked to be in the league. I'm letting him run the league next year. I'm letting oh, him be in even charge. Even better. Even better. God. All right. <laughs> Is all right. that all? No, you still, you still owe it. You owe it to the, 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 the integrity of the league is that you should show a little I ownership. Will take, I will take care of it. All right. All right. We're having some headphone issues. It's the headphone box, Griffin. We gotta, you got to uh, jiggle the handle or something so that I can make sure that I can hear Ken Zalis and figure out what's going on. Uh, KZ, can I hear you now? Are you still talking? I don't know. I don't right. know. I was right. still talking before. We'll make it work. We'll make it work. We'll figure okay. it out. We'll figure it out. All right. Uh, let's get into this week's picks. Picks brought to you this week by Superbook. That's where all the lines come from. The code is still for now Glenn Clark 23 despite the year being Glenn Clark 24. I understand it's confusing, but just keep using the code Glenn Clark 23 until we tell you otherwise. You'll receive up to $250 on a same day first bet match, win or lose. No drama, unfortunately, at the bottom of the table, although we do have a change. We now have, for the first time this season, the worst win percentage in the league belongs to Griffin. But. The rules were the rules. When Jeremy got in, he said he was going to overtake Griffin on win total, not win percentage, and he is not doing that. He is still 16 behind. It ain't happening. Jeremy is going to be the big loser. There is now an eight-game separation between Griffin and Paul Valley. That is about – it would require dramatics in the next two weeks for something to change there. It seems overwhelming that Griffin is going to be going to a Creed concert next summer. The only drama is at the top of the table – where a three-game deficit turned into a one-game deficit for me as I trail Andrew Stecka by one game. Hey, by the way, you know what happens if Andrew Stecka wins, Ken? I'll pay him his money the moment that he wins, like a good commissioner does. Yeah, but you collected all the money like a good commissioner does. Correct. I was a good commissioner. I appreciate you pointing that out, unlike some people who are terrible. You are the Faye Vincent of commissionating. 
Bud Selig. That means I had my job a long time. Yeah, I was going to say, I should say the Bud Selig. <laughs> Bud, Bud was a way worse commissioner. Faye Vincent wasn't way good, worse. but Bud yeah. Selig was way worse. Um, anyway, I am uh, one game back of Stecka, John, and Little Rock. Just two games back, KZ and Proctor. Four games back, Nick Kelly, five. Ryan Shell, seven. Kyle, nine. And Paul Valley, ten. That's where we are as we head into the final week of the regular season, the final week that we will have nine games to pick for the year. We attempted to pick only games that definitely have something that matters related to them. Like Griffin was like, why wouldn't we pick? What was the stupid game you wanted Falcon to pick? Falcon States. It's a yes. bit massive game. Yeah, it would be a massive game if one of them could get into the playoffs. Unfortunately, oh, the fact yeah. that the Buccaneers are playing yeah. the Saints says neither one of them are getting into the playoffs because it, no one in their right mind thinks this, the Buccaneers are losing to the Panthers. My so Falcons parlay is still alive. Need it. What do you need? I need the Jags to win the division and the Falcons to win the division. Yeah, I got it. I got some bad news. I'm uh, um, way barren. I'm afraid I got I, some I honestly, bad news I feel like there's a better chance. I don't know. I feel like the Jags might are in a bad spot this week. I don't think they're in a great spot either. I agree with that. But um, I don't think there's much of any chance. There is a chance. The Falcons the Saints are getting there is a chance. Let's Just like in. there's a chance I'm not going to lose this thing. So, yeah, there's uh, not really this either. Is, this is a big week for let's me. Let's get to it. Oh, go, okay. Yeah, that's the way it works. When um, I said let's get to it, you give the game. We always start with college football, so uh, it'll be the last game chronologically, but it'll be the first game we pick here. The national championship, it is in Houston, and it is Washington versus Michigan. Michigan is laying four and a half, taking on Michael Penix and uh, the Washington Huskies. And the word is that Dylan Johnson is okay? Um, I mean, I guess he's going to play. I don't know. Well, like they said, the <laughs> x-rays are negative or something like that. If that's the I case, mean, then I don't really know what the... Hang on this doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be okay. Uh, didn't break anything? Well, that, I mean, <laughs> so what, I don't understand what you're trying to quantify here. If he didn't I mean, break he, anything, he's probably still like it's probably still not going to be anywhere near 100. percent But why do you say that? If the X-rays were negative, he could still be a sprain in there. I guess they're not talking about it that way. And I know that well, Dylan yeah, Johnson want... had been dealing with an injury ahead of time. I don't know if Dylan Johnson's playing. I feel differently about this. I always think that I would have like I I you you ask me right now who do I think is going to win the game? I think Michigan will, but I keep saying this about Washington. Every time, they're like they're a little bit like the Ravens this way. It's like they're fueling off of the doubt that people are giving them. They have been dogs in their last two games. And one of them, they won by a blowout. The last one, they should have won going away. They just goofed it at the end and allowed Texas some goofy opportunity to come back. I'm going to continue to roll with the, the underdog thing fueling Washington. Right now, it seems like picking against Washington when they've been dogs has been a mistake. So Washington is my pick for the championship game. I agree. I'm taking Washington. It's too many points in a championship game. We saw how close both of the semifinal games were, um, regardless of what the final score was because of the overtime and stuff like that. Uh, you know, Michigan likes to run the ball, likes to keep it close, use their defense. Uh, I'll take I'll take the four and a half points and make it simple. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I said last week that the Bama-Michigan game is for the national championship, and then, you know, kind of watching the Sugar Bowl, it started to feel a lot differently. Like, uh, the, the, the Texas and Washington winner felt like I had I felt a lot better about whoever was going to win that game going into uh, going into this Monday. Um, so I think for the, with that Washington, being said, I still think 
Michigan's defense is as good as yeah. advertised. I, I I don't think it will be as easy for Washington and for Michael Penix to just throw the ball over the field against Michigan as it was against Texas. Um, yeah, that's fair. Uh, the Huskies they've they've still been undervalued all season, like like you were saying, Glenn. And I and I love Michael Penix. I've loved watching him since he was at Indiana. Um, and so uh, you know that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be rooting. I don't want to be rooting for JJ McCarthy, who I think is Ryan Tannehill at best. Um, and uh, I'm I'm gonna pick uh, Pen- Penix in, in Washington as well. Ah, I like my pick right up until that moment. I apologize. I'm good, uh, I'm good with it. <laughs> um, we're pretty split on this. On Michigan is uh, of course Kyle Ottenheimer, Paul Valley on the Wolverines, along with John and Little Rock, Doctor Nick Kelly, and Jeremy Kahn, also on Michigan. That's uh, to, yeah, the really <laughs> to the NFL, to the NFL Saturday night at eight fifteen, the second game of the doubleheader: Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts. Winner is winners in. Yeah, winners in. Yeah, winners in. yes, winner is in. We don't know about the division. We right. won't know about that until Sunday. But the winner is definitively in the playoffs. Um, I. I don't know why I'm really thinking about it all that much. The line is so small. I think Houston's the better team. I, I do. I Houston's the pick. Yeah, uh, C.J. Stroud is healthy again. Uh, when he's been available to the team, they've they've been a playoff team the entire year with him as quarterback. I don't see that changing. I'll, I'll take the Texans as well. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really, really close game. So I was prepared to take the home team, um, which is the Colts, and just kind of be disappointed. Um, like, I like I like Gardner Minshew, but I think I mean, and I was thinking, you know, CJ Stroud might be rusty after missing the last couple weeks, but also, I mean, it's it's still CJ Stroud, and uh, you know, the Texans have a, I think they have a good revenge angle too, since they lost to the Colts way back in in week two. I, I I'm sure D'Amico Ryan's will have them ready for this, and you know, win and they're in. I think I think the Texans are are uh, going to be the, 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 the better team since they have the better quarterback. Uh, Texans is as Str- well. Is Stroud your rookie of the year? It's, I don't really know what the who, what's the argument. Puka? Puka. Yeah. Like, the funny thing is, I, I think we had It's a good argument. Con- it's a good argument. It, we had the conversation during the week. In a in a all-positions-are-made-equal world, there is an argument for Puka. But because we know we don't live in that world, there really isn't. And, like... It it's just it doesn't work that way. Like Puka has been unbelievable, but C.J. Stroud is the rookie of the year. It's it's there's. Be, you realize he's going to be historic. What do you mean? What do you mean? No Puka. Set, no, I I'm, a, set to all the I'm, I'm aware, but like Ken, it's this is we're, it's like me trying to yell about other positions being deserving just, of consideration I'm just, for MVP. I'm just, I'm just I'm, I'm, to throw it out. There. I'm yelling into a void when I do it. Like know, th- it's just the way it goes. When somebody plays MVP, they're going to be the or plays, when they play MVP. When they play quarterback, they're going to be the MVP. And so it's the same thing for Rookie of the Year. Um, only two backers of the Indianapolis Colts, Andrew Stecka and Jeremy Kahn, are the only two on the Colts. Betting against the public. I, yeah. It's, it's yeah. what they do. And again, like I understand, and sometimes it'll pay off for you, but a week ago it allowed me to get back within a game of first place. So, uh, To uh, Sunday now, Tampa Bay at Carolina. And uh, the Bucks on the road are laying four and a half against the team that should have the number one overall pick, uh, but they, they won't. They certainly will not. That the Justin Fields conversation is really fascinating, by the way, because like, don't look now. He's looked great in the last few weeks, and I, I, boy, it's uh, anyway. That's not really what we're doing here. Um, if you're asking me to have, I, I don't really have a whole lot of faith. Every time someone wants to get me, like Stan was trying to do this a couple weeks ago. You're not a believer in Baker Mayfield, like I'm not. At what level are we talking about? Like, do I think that he's competent? Yeah, I think he's competent, but do I think that he's a game changer? Absolutely not. And when Sal Palantonio was on here saying that he'd be a second choice for MVP this year, I was like, Sal, I love you, but 
I, I mean, what you are we tell doing? Sal really said that. He really said that. Wow. Like, I, and part of it, and I come, I continuously come back to this. I don't know how it's possible. And it's there's a little bit of an Anquan Bolden thing here. Mike Evans somehow is the most underappreciated player in football in the last decade. I don't know how. And it was Keenan Allen before him, and the two of them are still right yeah. in the, like they're right next to each other in this conversation. All these guys do is no matter who they're working with, produce. Produce, 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 produce. And it means there's a floor for what a Tampa quarterback can be because you start with a um an amazing number one wide receiver. I like Baker Mayfield enough. And sure as hell like him four and a half points more than I like the Carolina Panthers. Give me the bucks. Yeah, I I, I was stunned this is only four and a half. Um I'll take the Bucks. I I, I think that they Carolina's ready ready for the uh golf course. Um, I, I, this is a spot that, uh, that I'm going to have to pick, I think in all the games this week, um, where, you know, it's a team that has a chance to ruin, you know, the, the Panthers have, a, they're, 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 yeah, they're not good. Um, but they have a chance to ruin Tampa's season and those guys are still playing for, for a lot of, they're all, they're all playing for their job next season. Um, so, so four and a half is too much for me. Um, I, I, I think the Panthers can, uh, can, I think they can pull it off somehow so that my Falcons parlay can still kind of win. That's really what you're picking. Um, it's so dumb. But yeah, I got to take the Panthers. It's also dumb. in last place, so I yeah, got to there, the there is something to be said for maybe just make reckless picks, but you got to acknowledge they're reckless. Um, yeah, Panthers. Panthers money line. Yeah. Sure. Um, Dr. Nick Kelly is on the Carolina Panthers as well as Andrew Stecka. Three of us. The three amigos, they call us. Jeremy kind of always bets yeah. against the public, but even he's like, yeah. I got, yeah, not this time. <laughs> I got limits to it. Uh, to uh, Minnesota at Detroit. It is in Detroit, uh, and the Lions are laying three and a half against uh, Nick Mullins, we believe, because they announced on Friday last week that they decided they were going to start Jaron Hall for some reason. So should be Nick Mullins. Um. This one is more interesting because do we know what the Lions are doing? Do we know how seriously they're taking this game? I believe Dan Campbell said he was going to like at least he was planning to start um, the starters, but like he you know he didn't really go into how long he'd play them, if he'd play them more than a series, or if he'd play them you know into the second half. So I I believe like starters are going to at least start the game. Um, Minnesota, of course, is a win and they're in situation, which is it's so it seems insane. Like, how can the Vikings still be in this position? Um, and because of that, I just don't think... Like, Detroit's already got the division wrapped up. I understand that you can still play for seeding, but, like, how significantly different is this going to end up being? Can What, what really can they change? I get, is there a difference in them being... They can't be the two seed, right? They can, but they, they, can, need, they need but Philly they need, and Dallas to lose. Yeah, I'm... So. I'm out on that. I I don't think Detroit. I think Detroit takes the foot off the gas at some point. And I I'm and again having three and a half points to play with. Minnesota's the pick. I will never take Minnesota ever. I understand. They 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 not only did they just totally screw up the fantasy world with the stupid Hall decision, but they don't show up in big games. No, I don't. I, I, if if Detroit starters play a half. That's good enough for me. I'll take Detroit. 
Yeah, that's the same thing as kind of that Panther spot. You know, like the Vikings are actually playing for something, so you're inclined to like first, you know, lean towards them. But I also think Dan Campbell is going to have the Lions right whether they play a quarter or three quarters. I think if he, when the starters if he play, they're going to be pissed starter, off. They're going to be pissed if off. He about leaves last the starters week. in long enough for the, to determine the game. He should be fired on the spot. Well, I, mean, I like, think even is, if even if he leaves them in for two series and they go up 14-0, I think that's too deep of a hole for this Vikings team. Like, like, um, I, I'm, I'm, but the, you know, but the they Vikings, don't have to win. The Vikings are terrible. Um, I don't disagree with that part. I will take the Lions. Uh, you saved Jeremy Conn from being a lone wolf. It is uh, Glenn and Jeremy, the only two on the Minnesota Ooh. Vikings. Apparently, that's not. I was wrong about winning there. I was wrong about that. Oh, okay. It's win, so and they, they need Green Packers. Bay. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's not winning there. Yeah. Some, there's somebody else who's winning there. Um, Green Bay is definitely winning Yeah, Green there. Bay is winning there. Speaking of Green Bay. Oh, it's Seattle, right? No, Seattle needs a Green Bay loss, right? Let me all right. God, uh, we should have we should have looked over these things. Oh, uh, uh, while while I while I figure out the Chicago is going to Green Bay and uh, the Packers are laying three points. So this is into the four twenty five window. The Packers are hosting the Bears minus three. <sighs> Bears have been playing good football recently. This is the tricky part about this one. The the, the tricky part is the easy thing to say is well, Green Bay is playing for something, and Chicago isn't, so you like Green Bay. But Chicago has, A, been good at home. B, has been playing really good football of late. Nobody's noticing because they were so far out of it. But Chicago has looked good of late. And this Justin Fields conversation is a way more fascinating than anybody's talking about at the moment because of how well they're playing of late. I, I, it feels reckless to like pin my hopes on Chicago. So I'm not going to do it, but I feel like I might regret it. Green Bay is the pick. I hate this game. Uh because I I I I, I Chicago's playing really really good. Really, really good. good. And and it's not just fields like the, the since they made the trade everybody was like why are why are they making a trade and pay, giving all this money to sweat? Like everybody was, and it's like, oh, he turned around their defense. Yes, like entirely. Like they're they're just monsters right now, and yeah, they don't have anything to play for, but they really are. Like Fields is, if you believe people in Chicago, he's playing for his job. And one bad game, and they're all of a sudden everybody's thinking, oh, well, maybe he's not the guy we thought he was. But everything's on the line for Green Bay. I just can't. I want to do it so I, badly. I can. I just. I just. I just can't do it. I can't believe that Green Bay, who is clawed to get back to this position, is going to throw up a dud. I'll take Green Bay and hate it. By the way, just to put it, Chicago's won five of their last seven. Their yeah. only two losses are one-score losses to playoff teams. Their only yeah. two losses were a one-score loss at the Lions and a field goal loss at the Browns. Like, it's nobody's nobody outside of Chicago cares. The Bears have been incredibly compelling down the stretch. Yeah, um, I, uh, I, I'm I not going to buy it with the Packers. Uh, they were in the same spot last year. They All they had to do was beat the Lions, and they were in. They couldn't do it, and this is kind yeah, of... They had a scrub quarterback then. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, but this is what Jordan loves. Jordan Love is doing. Like he looks like Captain America one week, and then the next week he, you know, he comes out and he looks like he, he barely looks like he's Falcon. Um, so I'm gonna, I, you know, 
Packers have won for, for the 24 record, of 27, I believe, is the number. The it, Packers it, have won 24 of 27. It would be insane for you to pick the Packers. It yeah. would be. <laughs> it would be insane for you to pick the Packers because um, you need to, you need the wins, and this is one that actually has a chance, yeah. unlike picking the Panthers. Yeah, Iberflus, I guess, has saved his job, and, uh, you know, the Bears, the Bears are, you know, as you said, you laid it all out. The Bears are playing really well. Uh, I'll take DJ Moore and Justin Fields uh, to, to keep this thing going. Uh, plus the three. I'm not alone. John Proctor is on the Chicago Bears, as well as Andrew Stecka and Jeremy Kahn taking the Bears. I don't blame you, man. I'm gonna regret oh, this. I'm gonna regret yeah. it so much. I'm, that yep. one's gonna that gonna that. By the way, that'll end up being the difference at the end of the year. Why I finish in second mm. is because of this pick. Seattle mm-hmm. at Arizona and the Seahawks. They are laying three points going into uh, going into the Red Sea, as the, they call the it. The Seahawks are the bad team that still win and they're in. They're the bad team. That's mm, I think they're also they need help the Packers. Too? I think the Packers are the only one because the yeah because the the Rams oh, yeah. will be they the sixth. They need a Green Bay loss or tie. I think the Rams could be the seventh seed, but the Rams the Rams are almost certainly the sixth. Well, and I also forget that like now all of a sudden the other NFC South teams could end up getting into the picture too. So everyone if, loses if certain teams like New Orleans could still get in if Seattle loses and Green Bay loses. Like mm-hmm. if a bunch of teams yes. lose. Now this is also is interesting, right? Because Arizona all of a sudden showed signs of life last week, and Seattle has looked incompetent like has looked impossibly incompetent and so is Arizona still trying are they still you were really hoping this number was going to be north of three like at three and a half I'm biting on Arizona at three you know what I'm still biting on Arizona Seattle has just looked bad man I'm biting on Arizona Arizona's the pick Feels pushy. I'm, I'm just going to take the team. That, I, I don't like either one of these teams. I know for one week, Arizona kind of looked normal. Um, I'm going to take Seattle. Everything's on the line. I do think more times than not um, <clears throat> in these situations, Seattle will get conservative, run the ball um, a little bit more than they've been, and somehow get a win out of there but uh, let's just remind seattle's lost seattle's lost five of their last seven games i know they have i know this is seattle's this they did the exact same thing last year where you know you saw geno smith and you saw dk and you saw lock and it was like wow this team's good and then over the last month or so of the season they just kind of they also fell apart in fairness they also beat philadelphia right like that did happen but that was at home um so I mean, and the Cardinals might be the greatest four-win team of all time. I, I I'm starting. I'm coming around on Rich Gannon. I think it took him three months, but I think Rich Gannon. Uh, Rich Gannon. Yeah. You think Rich Gannon? That's what I said. I said uh, Jonathan Gannon. Yes. Yeah. I think Rich Gannon's doing a hell of a job doing videos hey, for the thirty thirteen. Griff, if you're gonna do that, what do I bring to the table? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Sorry, Ken. I, I promise. I'll I'll have it cleaned up next week. I'll have it cleaned up next week. So yeah, I'm taking the Cardinals. Maybe it's because I am in you know this last place, but I also think the Cardinals can win this outright as well. Um, so I'm, I'm just convincing myself of that. Uh, but I will take the Cardinals. Uh, joining Glenn and I on Arizona is uh, John in Little Rock, Ryan Shell, and Andrew Stetko on the Arizona. Interesting Cardinals. that Jeremy Kahn again getting it betting against the public does yeah. not take Arizona here. Or yes, correct. Uh, two also in the four o'clock window, Dallas at Washington, and the Cowboys they are laying 13 points. The Cowboys still need to win in order to clinch the NFC East. And this number could be 19 points. This number could be 20 points. This number could maybe be 21 points, and I would still take the Cowboys. The Cowboys, easily the pick here. Yeah, that, that this is the easiest one on the whole slate to pick. 
Cowboys. Um, I am going to disagree. Okay. This is Ron Rivera's swan song. As you should. Uh, again, there's some places where I think you should. I um, don't know that this is one where you should. This is Ron Rivera's swan song. I mean, he's done pretty much coaching, I think, forever after this. Uh, and, I and you know, this is kind of – it was like Lovey Smith last year. Not exactly the same stakes, like they weren't getting the number one pick. But I think, you know, this is – this is he has to – this, this is going to be his last, his last, last game. Why does he care? Because he's Riverboat Ron, and I think he's still got it in him. And he wants to get a win going out. He wants F- to go out on top. Um, you know, I, I guess I, I'm probably am crazy, but I'm going to bet some. Yeah, this, command, I'm going to bet a little bit reckless. on Commanders money line. This one's betting Commanders money line on this. I think they can. I think they find a way to. It's Cowboys on the road. I cannot trusting the Cowboys on the road right now, at all. Uh, neither is anybody else. We're largely split on this. Uh, I am far from alone on the Commanders. Paul Valley's joining me, uh, as well as John and Little Rock, Doctor Nick Kelly, Andrew Stetka, also on. The commies. Surprising separation between Andrew Steck and Jeremy Thomas. Left week. hand up. Who are we? Jesus the Christ. Christ. I, th- this one, you deserve You deserve your fate making this pick. I'm not going to get any ground because Paul's a yeah, Paul picked the commander's team. Yeah. So I'm not getting any yeah. ground on this either. Uh, Buffalo at Miami, a Sunday night football. It is for the number two seed. And uh, in a crazy scenario, the Bills could still miss the playoffs as well if they lose. This one is really difficult. You say that the line is? Uh, the line is Bills minus three. It, that's the crazy part about this. The crazy part about it is everybody's thinking the same thing, that this is all set up for the Bills to go down to Miami and win. But the fact that the Bills are three-point favorites on the road, I understand how the teams looked last week, and I understand in general how Buffalo has looked good of late. But I would also say Buffalo hasn't looked like world beaters of late. They have not looked brilliant. They've just won games, including games against good teams, whereas the Dolphins looked really bad for one week and for two minutes in one other game. Outside of that, the Dolphins have definitively been the better team. This is about as difficult of a game as there is to pick, and it feels pushy as hell to me. I go back to what do you do when you think it's a push, right? Like, what do you do in that situation? I feel like the answer is you take the team that's playing at home that still has something to play for and is probably smarming about what happened a week ago. I'm going to take Miami here. And I don't like that because I do think that Buffalo is the right pick outright to win the game. But three points, I don't... I think that's unfair to Miami that they're three-point dogs at home with everything at stake because of what happened in one football game. But Miami is the pick. Okay, I'm going to take Buffalo, and I'm going to take Buffalo because Miami now has exactly zero pass rush, and there is shame that. on them. Shame, shame on them. Tyreek Hill's in a boot. Waddle's not going to play. We don't know about Mozart. A chain is fine, but he was got banged up. Tua has a shoulder. They're just banged up, and they got banged up and roughed up last week, and uh, ran into some injuries that should have never happened, and it is. How you know? I know that they love the coach down there in Miami, but how he didn't take more heat for having Chubb in that game is beyond me, because um, that's just malpractice in my opinion. I'll take Buffalo. They're playing better. Uh, Josh Allen's running the ball well again, and, and they're not relying upon his arm as much to make as many mistakes. Um, Miami's the five seed, folks. Um, 
Yeah, I uh, like typically I would like Miami in this spot as uh, you know sort of the bounce back, you know, after getting literally you know embarrassed by the Ravens last week. Uh, but they, I mean, they're a shell shell of what they were. Like Waddle's banged up, Tyreek Hill is banged up. I um, Chubb is out. You know, I I don't I I just there's not much more left on this team that I feel like I can trust. I like Achan as Ken men, as Ken mentioned, but I. The Bills are the pick. I, I, you know, and I don't know what else Sean McDermott's going to do this week uh, before the before the game starts Sunday to try to get into the Dolphins' heads. So, uh, you know, we can take the Bills. Okay. That's where you say what everybody else is doing. And then uh, joining Glenn on Miami is John Proctor, Andrew Stecka, Jeremy Kahn on the Dolphins. At least I won't lose anything. Pittsburgh at Baltimore. It is the first NFL game of the week. It is Saturday at four thirty, and the Steelers are coming into the bank laying three and a half points. By the way, kudos to the NFL putting wow. this as the first game of the week in a meaningless game for the Ravens. Love it. Absolutely love it. What, what do you mean? Because it just frees up Sunday to watch all the games I want to watch. Well, I, mean, I, I don't know why you couldn't got, have just watched what you wanted to watch on Sunday, even if the Ravens well, were playing. Because if the Ravens are on it at 1 well, o'clock, I'm watching the Ravens. Well, I haven't actually even told you this. We're not even going to do game day this week. I didn't think we were. Yeah, What's the point? Meaningless What's game. Exactly right. Um, that all being said, let's not forget. The Ravens are the team that likes to win preseason games. I'm biting on the Ravens here. I I get that the Steelers have looked more competent with Mason Rudolph at quarterback, but let's not oversell that and make it seem like there's some sort of machine with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. Tyler Huntley is a pending free agent, and I think Tyler Huntley is going to attempt to look like a football player as much as he can. This is his showcase moment. I like the Ravens getting points in this situation and remembering that there is still that thing, that tick, that Harbaugh tick is I don't care what the circumstances are. If we have a chance to win a football game, I want to win a football game. And that's dangerous because you this is not a preseason game where you can put a bunch of guys that aren't football players on the field. The guys that are going to have to be on the field are still guys that are football players that have to be on the roster. So I, I worry about that a little bit. But, man, that Harbaugh tick is, if there's a football game, I don't care. I want to win it. And given three and a half points to play with, I'm taking the Ravens. So I went back and forth here because it is a game that means nothing for the Ravens um, and everything for Pittsburgh because without a win, obviously they're not going to be in the playoffs with a win. They can sit back and hope that, you know, that Buffalo or – somebody loses uh this weekend but i'm going to take the ravens as well and and the reason i'm going to take the ravens is it's going to be a terrible weather day um the ravens have 23 i believe maybe 24 free agents at the end of this year a lot of guys that want to show haven't had a chance that really want to showcase what they are and as we saw last week against the Dolphins, it's a deep team. Yeah. It's a deep team. I mean, you're you're getting guys that at the beginning of the season you had no idea um, were going to be contributors, and they're contributing. And they're contributing against some of the best in the NFL for the last two weeks. Three and a half is too much. Uh, it, it never seems to matter when the Steelers and Ravens play. Who's playing? Uh, it hasn't mattered for years, so I'll take the three and a half. 
Yeah, I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take three and a half. I, I, it's not a bite. I don't think. I think you're wrong about that, Glenn. I think it's the pick. The Ravens plus three and a half has to be the pick. Either, even though they're gonna be without some key starters, it's gonna be majority of guys that have been playing a lot this season, and uh, we'll certainly remember the loss to the Steelers as well back in October. Especially as you mentioned, Rashad Bateman. I think uh, he's probably due for a big game because of you know. I mean, everyone played poorly uh, the first time around against Pittsburgh, but I think uh, him especially will be a bounce back. And, uh, you know, cardinal rule in this matchup, uh, you just got to take the underdog between the Ravens and Steelers. So, Ravens. Uh, On the Steelers, John Proctor. Ken, Ken, you said uh, Ravens, right? Yes. Okay. Ken is on the Ravens. Uh, On the Steelers is Jeremy and John. John Proctor, only two. Mm. How about that? How about that? A lot of split between Jeremy and Andrew this week, which is not Yeah, there was a lot lot of split between the two of them. All right, uh, at Vance Fantasy, I don't. Uh, Ken will be in. You are doing Tuesday and Thursday for sure next week. Ken will be hosting okay. Glenn yeah. Clark Radio Tuesday and Thursday for sure next week. For sure, maybe Wednesday. Maybe we'll see how things go. Definitely but, not. Definitely not Monday. No, not Monday, but Tuesday and Thursday. Ken will be hosting Glenn Clark Radio, so please join him and he and Griffin will be doing handling the pick segment on Thursday. So please join the guys Tuesday and Thursday for sure. It looks like staying on Wednesday and Friday and Monday hopefully as well, but we'll figure all that out when we get there. But that's the plan. Tuesday and Thursday, KZ hosting GCR next week. Love you, buddy. Appreciate you, and uh, enjoy the week, and we will talk soon, all right? Take care, guys. Talk to you soon. It's Ken Zalis joining us as he does every Thursday. And again, KZ will be in for me Tuesday and Thursday of next week. All right. Uh, as I mentioned, no Project Game Day this week. We are taking the week off because we just who knows how this game is going to go. The Ravens might just stop trying at some point, and so it's just not worth it. So no Project Game Day this week. But we will be with you for however many postseason games there are. We will have a Project Game Day for you. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Project Game Day brought to you by A.J. Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Project Game Day all season long. Now, let's talk a little bit more about the other side of Saturday's matchup. You know, the Ravens are going to be starting a backup quarterback. The thing is, there's kind of a history of in this rivalry of backup quarterbacks winning games in this series. And unfortunately... This guy was one of them. Joining us now, he is a part of the Steelers broadcast crew, and he is a friend of ours. He is Mr. Charlie Batch, and he's with us now here on GCR. Charlie, it's Glenn in Baltimore. Happy New Year, my friend. Hope you had a great holiday season. Always appreciate you taking the time for us. Hey, uh, not a problem. Happy New Year to you. Appreciate you having me on. You know, I, I, you, you, I think, can speak to exactly this. I think in a lot of the country, it's easy to say, well, hey, the Ravens are going to be playing their back, and they they probably don't care. This is Ravens Steelers. Like, I am not convinced that the Ravens, whoever is playing on Saturday, is just walking out there and saying, "Eh, whatever. We don't care. We're going to hand the ball off for sixty minutes and be totally okay with the Steelers winning the game." I just don't think it's in John Harbaugh's blood to act like that. <laughs> I don't think it's a part of a Tomlin's. Uh... Uh, DNA as well. And I think when you look back at this game, man, you know, this game is not important to some, but it's important to others. And when you take a backup quarterback situation, even though you look back, this may be your only opportunity. So you want to prove that you can lead the team if you have the opportunity to get in there. And ultimately, sometimes you're playing for your professional career. So it's just, uh, you know, more important, like I said, more important to others than it is to some. So let's talk about the Steelers, Charlie. The the Mason Rudolph move, What what has it done it looked a couple weeks ago like the Steelers were dead, dead, dead. What has Mason Rudolph brought to the table? And then maybe 
why didn't we see more Mason Rudolph earlier in this season? Absolutely, and that's the question that's going on a lot around here. And, it, of course, it shocked a lot of people, including myself, because there's no way that I expected the numbers to be what they are. I expected Mason to do okay. I just didn't expect him to do their back-to-back 30-point games. And I think this is shocking for everybody, and it leads to that question, how come Mason wasn't in there from the beginning? But when you look at the decision that was made a few years ago to say, okay, is Mason Rudolph the future? At that point, the organization said no, because they brought Ben Roethlisberger back, then the, uh, the year that he retired, they brought Mr. Trubisky in to compete, which Mason Rudolph was okay with. But then you draft Kenny Pickett. They brought they drafted a quarterback in the seventh round. And if Dwayne Haskins was still around, he would still be on this roster as well competing. So he was really thrown by the wayside. But just they stayed the course and waiting for his opportunity. And lo and behold, it's here. And quite frankly, he's playing for a professional career. And I think he exceeded that because, they, you know, based off the numbers that he put up, you know, allows him the opportunity to play. And, of course, this is a bigger game for him as well because of playoff implications what, as well. But what has been so different? Like, what is, is it just he's making the throws that Mitchell Trubisky wasn't making and, frankly, it's sometimes Kenny Pickett wasn't making? Like, what what is he actually doing with an offense that, that did not look good at all uh, for large stretches yeah. of the season? I think when he looks back and I think when you look at everything that's going on, you know, you do have a young quarterback in Kenny Pickett. And was he as aggressive down the field? No. And the numbers have shown that where Mr. Bisky, he was playing cautious as well, sometimes trying to take those shots down the field. But Mason is the veteran guy in that group, and he's been around seeing it and seeing what didn't work. And now that he's thrown into, the, uh, into this uh, offense, he's getting George Pickens the ball. And that's essentially the biggest yeah. difference on anything else. And you're you know, allowing him to run with the ball, catch and run for 86 yards. Then you're you know, being aggressive down the field. And I think that just comes with you know, the veteran presence and understanding the game. And I think that's just him being comfortable taking those shots down the field where the other two quarterbacks were not. Uh, Charlie Batch with us here on GCRs. We're getting ready for Ravens Steelers. Charlie, you because you also do call-in shows, you can probably speak to this as much as anyone. The the change to Mason Rudolph significant, but as I go back to a couple of weeks ago, when we say dead, 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 like I think most of the country was working under the assumption that Mike Tomlin's time in Pittsburgh might be coming to an end. Was was that overblown? Has that changed because of what's happened the last couple of weeks? Like what? Where is the reality for the Pittsburgh Steelers based on the fact that they have, you know, staved off death these last couple of weeks? <laughs> You're right. It's been quite interesting five to six weeks around here. And, uh, you know, coming off that Browns game in which they fired Matt Canada immediately after, nobody knew what was expected. And, of course, going into that Bengals game on the road, the over 400 yards of total offense, everybody's like, okay, maybe it is Matt Canada. But then you started kind of seeing that fizzle out because of the losses of Arizona and the Patriots and then the Colts. So you're sitting here saying to yourself, what is going on? And, of course, people nationally was talking about Tomlin's time possibly coming to an end. But nobody here locally was on that bandwagon. Everybody was just saying, okay, you know, maybe the first time that he's going to have a losing season. And, you know, they were okay with that to a certain degree. But then here you are now, re, you know, resurrecting yourself over the next couple of weeks and putting yourself back in the playoff talks in the final week of the season. You have to credit Mike Tomlin. And I think that's something that, you know, the people in that locker room are still buying into the message that he's trying to deliver. And these guys are, you know, actually, um, you know, delivering at this point. Is he, is he safe now? Is it like, is the conversation gone? 
even even with those conversations, I fully expected them to get a one year extension. Okay, um, you know, which might which is a little bit different, only because you know they they've always extended him with two years left on his deal. But here you are in the latter parts of your career, and you're saying, okay, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years. One of the things that people fail to realize is just my time being around Tomlin. I played with him for six, and now I've been around him, you know, over his, his entire career covering from the media side. There's other obligations, and I think ultimately his family is part of that. You know, his son is getting ready to graduate from Boston College. He has another one that's up there at Columbia, and his daughter getting ready to go to Georgia on a gymnastics scholarship. So these things all come into play as it relates to family and ultimately what that looks like for him moving forward. I don't anticipate him being in television, but I do solely, you know, think that, you know, what does the end look like? But I think a lot of that looks like that for family, that he can set himself up and just be a dad in which he always wanted to be and something that he, you have to credit him because he's always been able to be separate by saying I'm a dad first and then ultimately everybody else thinks of him as a football coach and he's been able to balance that very well. You speak of his son, we actually got to know Dino a little bit because he started his college career at Maryland here and uh, before he transferred up to Boston College. Char- Charlie Link and his kids and, and actually his kids ran for our track club. That's how oh, I had a chance neat. to know oh, all of his neat. kids as very they were growing neat. up at that time. Very neat. Um, I, one more just going back to the quarterback thing because this is, is Mason Rudolph playing for the right to be like the in, the inherent the incumbent starter going into next year like is he it, I feel like there's three different ways this could go that, that the Steelers could say hey look we still spent a first round pick on Kenny Pickett we've got to ride this thing out as long as we can to figure out if he's the guy versus there's probably an argument from a lot of people that no matter what anybody does you need to go out and get a quarterback this offseason to get a real guy but the third option being has Mason Rudolph played well enough that if he turns around and beats the Ravens, he looks good in the playoff game, that he could put himself in position to be the Steelers quarterback next season? And I think that's the that's the part that's muddy in the waters at this particular point because right now you don't know what you truly have in Kenny Pickett at this point. Has he done some things very well? Yes, absolutely. But has he proven to be the franchise the uh, quarterback that they knew moving forward. And I think that question is ultimately going to reveal itself. But in the manner that Tomlin has made his decisions last week and ultimately this week, if Kenny Pickett was healthy, he should have started. But then he made the decision to start him in Seattle. They won. And I think when you're now riding that wave, if you're Mason Rudolph, you're thinking to yourself, yes, I've done enough to be a potential starter. I'm not asking for anybody to give me anything. All I want to do is compete. And if that's the case, can he go out there and get a mid-level contract similar to kind of maybe like a Geno Smith in a Seattle where you're not overpaying a guy, but yet you're paying him starter money. But then with the Steelers, you're putting them in a situation where if you bring him back, or you know Mitch Trubisky at this point probably won't be back next year. But what does that contract look like moving forward if you give him something similar would mason be able to accept that i don't know because right now this is going to be his true first test at free agency with big dollars and i think he's going to put all options on the on 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 the table as it relates to what his future looks like moving forward so the steelers are really stuck because even if mason wins this game and they sneak into the playoff and kenny pickett is back mike tomlin's going to have to face the exact same choice on who he starts for the playoff week and it's going to ruffle a lot of people wrong around here depending on what direction that goes could you imagine could you imagine them winning this game and then he announces kenny pickett is starting oh my god Oh, man. I think. But to, to me, it, it almost reminds me of the, the first year where Lamar Jackson was going through everything he was as a starter, right? Yeah. And he struggled in that first playoff game, and everybody was clamoring yeah, for Joe, Joe Flacco. Flacco and, I, yeah. and Harbaugh said, no, Lamar is my guy, and I'm yeah. sticking with him through the through the tough times. And ultimately, we see how that's played out. I think that's going to be something similar if the Steelers sneak into yeah, the playoffs. worked out okay. There's no question about that. Um, Charlie, <laughs> just one more on the Steelers specifically. 
we all see the quarterback stuff. Is and, and you mentioned obviously earlier in the season the change in offensive coordinators, but is there anything else that's changed that's been different? that's allowed for them to revive themselves late in the season the way that they have? Is there something else besides just Mason Rudolph that you'd point out and say, hey, this has also been pretty significantly different in the last few weeks? I, I will start with the offensive line. They're playing a lot better, that's for sure. That's number one. And number two, I think the part that's kind of sneaking up on a lot of these defensive coordinators is the fact that Mike Sullivan is now the play caller. So when you're now doing your homework and trying to see if there's some tendencies that you can kind of figure out from an offensive perspective, you can throw everything that Matt Canada has done for the first for the first three quarters of the season, and now you insert a new guy. And I think that's starting to catch up with some of these defensive coordinators where it's catching them off guard and allowing them to put the numbers up in that particular manner. So you just really just have to credit Eddie Faulkner, who has named the offensive coordinator, but more importantly, Mike Sullivan, who is calling the plays right now. So those two guys are doing a heck of a job thus far over the last two to three weeks. Uh, Charlie, you just mentioned Lamar Jackson a second ago. I wonder if I could just get your thoughts. And I know that you, you, you have, probably haven't been able to watch every game, although a bunch of them have been national TV games of late. Like, we're starting to think that this Ravens team is maybe different. Like, you know, it's, it's always you don't want to get carried away, and you remember what happened four years ago with the Ravens when they were the number one seed and they lost in the playoffs. But, like, this is unbelievable. Like, them going on the road and throttling the 49ers the way they did and then turning around and and if that was a throttling, this was an utter dismantling of the Dolphins. Like, are are you starting to to believe that the Ravens might be turning into something even more special than just a really good football team? Yeah, I mean it's surprising because when they came up here early in the year, I did not expect them to get to continue to grow in that manner, especially when you look at a, a loss like Mark Andrews. But I think it starts with offensive coordinator Todd Monken, who I have a great deal of respect for, who I have history with yeah. over the last thirty years because he was my receiver coach at Eastern Michigan when I was there. So I know how aggressive he likes to be throwing the football down the field. And to now tie that talent into what you have in that uh, Ravens offense is truly special to watch. I'm a huge fan of Lamar Jackson. And to see where he was, the criticism that he took, especially the way that he played, and people thought that that style was not going to you know, hold up. And lo and behold, it has shown up, man. I just want to give huge shout-outs to my brother who – I love the death of Ozzie Newsome, and I know he's sitting back. I know he's not in the official role anymore, but I know he's smiling because, man, when Lamar Jackson was dropping in the first round and he toughed his chest out and said, this is our guy, what better way for you now to have now eventually two-time MVP of this league, which you should win for. If I had a vote, I would definitely vote for. But ultimately, can him get him over the hump? And right now, the Ravens are playing well enough, as long as Lamar Jackson stays healthy, that they have a chance to hoist that Lombardi trophy. Charlie Bash, we always like to bring attention uh, to the good work that you do, and it warms my heart because I know how important it is to you with the Best of the Batch Foundation, and I know you had an awfully busy holiday season on top of all the other things you've been working on recently. It's been a busy holiday season for sure, and you know, with our Best of the Batch Foundation, we are now 23 years old. We've serviced 3,800 kids annually around Western Pennsylvania, and we are an educational foundation, and those are things that keep us excited. But that, you know, we rolled into it. We went from 5,300 square feet to 33,000 square feet, so our numbers will continue to grow from that manner. So we're excited about what the future looks like for the foundation, but as we roll into this holiday season, we had the uh, opportunity to adopt some families, and we were passive-aggressive this year. We went from 200 families to 400 families adopting, and that impacted 1,600 and 25 kids throughout the holiday time. So we were able to do our small part by helping Santa deliver the presents and making sure that we help put kids, smiles on kids' faces through the holiday season. So 
Our team has been phenomenal. Volunteers, partners, sponsors, everybody who believes in what we're doing with the Best of the Batch Foundation, we just truly appreciate it. And for anybody who wants to learn more, they can go to batchfoundation.org and you can see everything that we run throughout a calendar year. And if we can be supportive in any way and we can collab, we are more than happy to do so because all we're trying to do is affect and impact more kids throughout, not only just the state of Pennsylvania, but throughout this country. It's a really remarkable story, man. Like I, I, you know, I, we we're inclined. We don't want to like you. You understand that. We don't want to have to like you because you're a stealer. But like <laughs> God, it is unbelievable the difference that you and your foundation have made, man. That's incredibly powerful. Great, great on you. It's awesome stuff, Charlie Bash. I appreciate it. Thank you. Truly appreciate you, man. Uh, keep up the great work, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, we won't be like seeing like a rematch down the road. We don't. We don't want any of that. We're good with like you know this being the end of it for the year, but. Always appreciate oh, taking there, 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 there's, there's a slim chance if the Steelers are able to sneak in and for whatever reason they go down and they win their first round yeah. white wild card weekend and they're right back in Baltimore in two weeks. So hopefully I get a chance to talk to you again. Charlie Badge, we always appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate you. Thank you. Charlie Badge with us here on GCR, former Steelers quarterback. And um, it really is remarkable. 33,000 square foot clubhouse and adopting 400 families, over 1,000 kids. They wrapped 8,000 presents. That's just, that's incredible stuff. Uh, very fortunate that that uh, city has uh, someone who cares about uh, the community the way that Charlie Batch cares about that community. All right, uh, flew through hour number one of GCR. Today's show also brought to you by, it's also brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel Griffin. Right now, yeah, you're uh, Griffin. Yeah, that's yeah. Me, that is me. Uh, Live Casino, uh, last day to get in today, January 4th. It is the last time to get in on the second chance to win promotion. Uh, if luck wasn't on your side at a recent bet at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, there is a quick and simple answer where you can turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win drum. Only, uh, again, last day to get in. It is today, January 4th. All Live Casino and Hotel Maryland rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum and then... Tonight, 20, the final 20 winners will be chosen uh, with prizes ranging from Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Apparel, Sports and Social, Ultimate Happy Hour prizes and vouchers, plus cash and free play worth up to $500 only at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Adirondal Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit helpmygamblingproblem.org. Coming up, we are going to get you segment number two of the Tyus Bowser Show with special guest Malik Ham. That's on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Brace yourselves for an unparalleled game day experience at the new Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson. Experience the thrill of live, in-person betting with Baltimore's only state-of-the-art Vegas viewing TV experience. Choose between a person-to-person experience with their on-site tellers or the convenience of their self-bet kiosks to place your bets. Gather your betting buddies and head over to the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks today. Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. The ultimate destination for game day excitement, Great food and live in-person betting. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Go to mdgamblinghelp.org. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. 
Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of special Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steamed crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken. A family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, Heating and Air Conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? If you haven't picked up the print issue of Pressbox yet, it is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and in the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. You can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. It is our annual best of issue. I had somebody yesterday say, boy, I bet you feel silly the fact that you uh, made Brandon Hyde your person of the year when Lamar Jackson is going to be MVP again. This is twofold. One, it's very difficult, right? Like, when we had to make this decision before the 49ers game had happened, before the Jaguars game had happened, before, obviously, the Dolphins game had happened, if those three games had happened in November, and I mean this, we had left, we had, we had put into place the, we might have to pivot and go a different way. But they didn't. A, a, think back to that time a month ago, Lamar was not the obvious MVP front runner. He didn't become that until after the 49ers game. Also, if they go win the Super Bowl this year, he can be Guess who's probably going to be Mo Gabba sports person of the year in 2024? Harbaugh? Yeah, maybe. I mean like <laughs> it's just the awkward nature of football season. It's it's tough, right? Like it's it's difficult whereas, you know, a baseball season's all within one calendar year, a football season transcends multiple calendar years so go in the super bowl and then this will be taken care of we'll know damn well who this bo gabba sports person of the year will be next year but go get that for free today at your neighborhood royal farms 
All right. Uh, earlier this week, we were out at Mother's North Grill in Timonium with Tyus Bowser and Baltimore's own Malik Ham. Let's get you segment number two of the Tyus Bowser Show right here on GCR. Back in here for segment number two of the Tyus Bowser Show. Rita and Glenn, Tyus and Malik Ham. We are live at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. Great crowd out here tonight celebrating an AFC North title. I feel like we can make noise for that again. I feel like. Hey, there is always something going on at Mother's North Grill. On Tuesday nights, music bingo from 730 to 930 and then open mic night as well. Wednesday nights, showtime trivia from 7 to 9, karaoke from 8 to 11. Plus the food at Mother's, uh, delicious. I had the jambalaya tonight. Big fan. Get out here to Mother's North Grill in Timonium. We love it here. All right, Tyus. We haven't talked. Like, how are the holidays? How is... Man, the holidays was good, you know. Uh, went to San Fran, got a win. Yeah, that was yeah. number one. And then uh, my parents, uh, they all came out to uh, San Francisco. So that was a that was a really good time, just being able to spend time with them. And... Um, then my cousin, uh, one of my agents, one of my other good friends, they all came uh, to town and they actually just left today, but uh, just got to spend time with them for New Year's, got to hang out, move around a little bit. So overall, it's been a really good holiday for me, man. It's, it's awesome, been, man. It's been great to be around family. So you saw your mom at the game. Yeah. Gave yeah. her a big, big old hug. Uh-huh. So that was always good to see her. See you at the big old giant purple. Oh, you know. <laughs> Had to stun yeah, them a we, little bit. We know you wasn't for the uh for the San Francisco 49ers because you all purple. Had we the, already knew what was up. Even had the 49ers fans coming up to me like, I really don't like y'all, but that coat is coat. And I, was I like, know, it was. It was. <laughs> uh, saw you was out, you know, this at celebrating at the restaurant for New Year's. I said, oh, Tyus is doing it fancy. Yeah, you know, you know, I had to, you know. You know, suit up a little bit. But <laughs> no, it turned out good. It was real. It was real fun. Malik, I know you haven't gotten like the big contract yet, <laughs> but you are getting paid money to play professional football. Did you get the opportunity to like do something, take care of somebody, you know, by, by the parents, something, anything like that for Christmas? I mean, like, uh, I I never really bought gifts for my family before, so I got to do it this year. I mean, like. Uh, I ain't get the money like Tyus yet, but okay. <laughs> working on that. Working I'm working on, on it, but I mean, like, uh, of course, you, I try to take care of my mom, like always. You know, get her something special just for Christmas, and you know, it's good for me to just spend time with my family, also, because you know, uh, in the NFL, like, I, like from what I've been hearing, a lot of times you don't really get to like spend that much time with your family, and you know, this year, being in my hometown, I was blessed to be able to see him, like, through you know, all the all the major holidays and uh it's been nice man for real it's really been nice all right so i'm gonna give i'm gonna i want to present this question but i'm gonna give it to rita first because rita's she's from baltimore like rita is baltimore through and through rita in what way are you most baltimore like what about you is the most baltimore thing about you um (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> How do you say you're from Baltimore without saying, saying yeah? Um, well, so, so th- it depends, right? Like, I, I don't even know if I can say this because I, I know that I'm what I'm trying to say is not in a negative connotation. But anyway, we're um, not lying. All right. I mean, we're all lying right, on well, the you internet, wait, I mean, well, you've taken it's not a bad thing to me. But so obviously I'm an older Baltimorean. I won't, you know, y'all know I'm older. So our slang is a little bit different from 
you know, his time or whatever. So if I say to you, this young lady right here, if I say to her, what up, whore? Don't you know who you know what I'm talking about? Okay, so that that that's you say what a what whore whore yes you just called her a whore yes but it's not it doesn't mean what you think it means I still think that maybe we don't use it like I still think that maybe there's a whole website that sells there's a whole website that sells apparel that says Baltimore versus your whores that's correct and that's because that's what we say that's what older Baltimoreans say if somebody if we don't like that person so the young people say dummy. We don't use dummy. Whore was dummy. Okay. Our y'all, our dummy was whore. Okay. Okay, that makes more sense. So now it would be Baltimore versus your dummy. It just sounds so much. But but I'm very Baltimore. You know, yeah, yeah. No, it's not a good thing, right? Get called a whore ain't a good thing. But I'm very Baltimore because I I I am very you know I grew up sneaking out, telling my mama lies, going to Hammer Jacks on Sunday nights. You know, going to the paradox on Friday nights. Well, she, I mean, I'm grown now. What's she going to do? Exactly. <laughs> you know, I just looked at it. Just so you know, uh, and if you were from here, and if you were from a specific time, you know exactly. And Glenn probably knows Hammerjacks too, but just in a different way. Than I knew Hammerjacks. You was yeah, going we, to the concerts. Mm-hmm, I wasn't doing that. Mm-hmm. I was going to the party. I was at the very white version of Hammerjacks. Yeah. I, I was, was at me. <laughs> I was seeing Method Man and Red Man, Lil' yeah. Kim, oh. and them. Yeah. And he was going to go I see. Was going to see Jimmy Chicken Shack. I was going, yeah, correct. I was doing that. So, Malik, I present the question to you. In what way are you the most Baltimore? Like, what about you projects Baltimore the most? Uh, I know everybody probably, when you listen to somebody from Baltimore, you're probably listening for the to-do and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, like, the first thing. But I say, like, I feel like in Baltimore, we got, like, our own, like, music scene. Yeah. And, like, it's kind of different from a lot of places in the, from, like, just being in college and talking to a lot of people. Like, a lot of times, like, our artists, like, only people in Baltimore kind of, like, really know about them. And, uh, like, I'll say that. like Okay, so who, I this is where I'm going to show my age. Because, like, for Rita and I, it was, like, Los and Boss Man. And but for him, it's probably, it's probably y- like, Scola. Yeah, YG. T- like, literally, in my, uh, yeah. my Spotify, I was looking at my Spotify uh, warp thing. And it was, like, YG Tech. Yep. YBS Scola and uh, just a bunch of Baltimore rappers on my thing. And it's, it, I say that's the most different thing because, like, it's literally like if you're not from the city, you're probably not going to yeah, know a lot heard. of them. That's, that's like, I don't know any like, of them. Big offer. But yeah, I'll say definitely, like, shout out to YG Tech, you know, all them. All them guys, they doing their thing. But I mean, like, that's probably. The, <laughs> Are you, do you like how? Do, did you second. grow up like in club music? Yeah, I listen to, you know, club music. You know, you got the, you always got like the main ones that you kind of listen to and you just kind of look out for them in the radio. But I mean, like, I would say like, it kind of like, I still do, but I, I couldn't really dance like my cousins to it. Like they used to be, they used to be moving, man. Like I ain't even gonna lie. Really? Have you, do you do, do you, can you do a park high strut? Uh, I ain't grow up. I grew up on the football field. I ain't really grow up. <laughs> but Tyus can do a park heist, right? I, I gotta see that. <laughs> I ain't doing it right now. <laughs> By the way, Tyus made a face that I make so frequently now as a forty-year-old white man, which is like, yo, I've never heard of any of these people. I don't know. I don't know who he's talking at all. 
But now that you talk about the strut, it's crazy. Uh, I remember we played the Eagles in the preseason, and uh, I got a sack, and I did it. That and was then, terrible. Yeah, play. I know. Hold on, hold on. That was hold terrible. On. That was that was terrible, man. You, you, uh, you saying the strutting was yeah, was it, wasn't good? It wasn't strutting. It wasn't. Strutting. So when you get the first regular season sack, we might not see it again. Nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely keep doing it. But I mean, like after the first one. But after the preseason game, my cousins came up to me, and it it was like a it was like 30, 40 people at the game, and all my cousins came up to me like, "What? I gotta teach you how to do it? Like you ain't do it right?" Cousin. I'm like, "How like, embarrassing!" You I'm like, "I don't even care. I, I got a sack in the NFL." <laughs> but you can't celebrate doing your own city's dance and not do it right. Nah, mm-hmm. but I mean, like, of course I got work on it, but I mean, like, I was just, I was, was just excited. too, I was just too excited. Yeah, I was what playing. You to do. Yeah. So you like Scola. Do you know how to do the scramble Coke and smack? Yeah, thing? shout out to Scooter, man. Rest Scooter, excuse me. I said Scola. I meant to say Scooter. That's how I'm telling my age. Yeah. Um, Did you do the scramble Coke and smack? See, you see. Yeah. Scramble. Uh, when yeah, I, I don't know that okay. we want to be yeah, doing man. that. When, when, uh, uh, hey, yeah. Well, hey, Odell did it when they played against when the, he was a Ram yep. and they played and he scored and yep. and they I think they go up when he scores. He did it. Yep. And he I did. didn't like him then. I like him now. But <laughs> back then I was like, ah, he just gonna do the dance in, in the city <laughs> like that. And I felt some type of way. So do you know how to do that? Oh yeah, that's the that's one of the easy ones. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, what is it called? The crack scramble. It's called, oh. the, it's called the bird flu. It's Something like something else. It's oh. called the bird flu. Oh, the bird flu. I wanna I wanna apologize <laughs> to uh, Jameson's family for having the conversations that they're gonna have to explain later. My fault. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> yeah, they live live in the <laughs> um Tyus. Speaking of it, it's the Tyus Bowser show, press box 1057, the fan. Tyus, speaking of Baltimore, we mentioned you're wearing your cop and uh, Letterman jacket tonight. Which I love, by the way. You got to go out and check out Angel Reese yeah. a couple weeks ago. How cool is that? Oh, man, it was it was definitely an experience. I'll say that. Just driving to Coppin <laughs> State, it threw me off a little bit. I, was, I wasn't sure where I was at. Did you have to park at the mall? <laughs> no, I okay. didn't. I refused right. to hit that left on the mall. <laughs> I had a right, went through the school, tried to find a little Well, you do spot. sound a lot like a 40-year-old white man right now. <laughs> yeah. I parked somewhere in like one of the uh, one of the student housing areas. So <laughs> that worked out well. Took a nice little 10, 20-minute walk to the gym and get there. And there's a whole line that's wrapped around the, the building. So I was standing out there for about 35 minutes did you so. attempt to do the like don't you know who i am did you even think at about- all okay. i mean i walk past everybody you know people just you know waiting to try to get in it's cold outside <laughs> everybody got their tickets their general admission tickets trying to figure out why this line is so long but uh worked out got got inside and then one of the first things i did was try to see if i could find some copper state merchandise and it was a guy who was selling you know just different types of sweat tops, shirts, jackets. I seen a letterman. So I was like, this could be something I could wear, you know, with anything. So I ended up grabbing that. And then it was just a packed crowd. I mean, that's the how wild you're a hooper. Yeah. How wild it's it's one of the coolest to me. Everybody kept asking what was my favorite story of the year last year. I said that 10 million people watched the NCAA women's basketball yeah. championship yeah. was my favorite sports story of the year. Yeah. To see Angel Reese sell out. You know, it's not twenty thousand people, but that's still six, seven thousand no. people to sell out that arena. How cool is that? No, that was awesome, man, and that just shows you where women's sports is going right now. That just shows you, you know, the women 
in the sports world and just the impact that they have on the community, you know, on the world. And it's great to see that because those women, they work hard. They're just as valuable as anyone here in this world. And it's great to see, you know, people like that supporting, you know, someone, you know, that's from here, that's from Baltimore and seeing her doing great things. Yeah, Malik didn't get quite 7,000 people yeah. out here tonight. Yeah. Like, not quite. Yeah. Not, that, not yeah, quite yeah. the same. It was like Angel Reese, Malik, like, right. Yeah, maybe like right in there somewhere. Nah, shout out to her, man. She putting on for the city, man, for yeah. real. I That's wanted awesome. to go with you, Tyus, until I looked at those tickets online, and I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna just go ahead and um, look at the highlights on Sports Center." How much were the tickets? Uh, they started at one fifty. One fifty. Yes. You paid one fifty for a ticket. I didn't. That's why I wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> my ticket. My ticket. Well, I was looking at first, uh, and they was like twenty five dollars. Yeah. Well, the and resale then, was was insane. But I waited last minute because I wasn't sure if I would make it. That was and smart. I ended up finding something that was like sixty five dollars. So. That was smart. Yeah, yeah, I just I went to like Ticketmaster or something and figured out how to get one. So I said I'll just I'll just well, I'll live vicariously through your story. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, of course. It was great. All right, Malik. Uh, as a as a Baltimore athlete, is there anyone that you played with or against that you felt was a, a remarkable talent? Like, yeah, any sport too. Like growing any up, any sport. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like. First name I gotta say who I played against. He he went to poly, he went to other school, I should say, but uh his name was Tyrese Chambers. He uh coming out this uh, ended year. Ended up playing at Maryland this yeah, year. Yeah. yeah, Maryland this year. He coming out of the draft this year, but he was that was probably the best player I ever played against in high school for sure. He's fast, fast. Yeah. Like he's like Tyreek fast. Yeah, like definitely. yeah, it's nuts. Like yeah. that dude. I, I it's insane. Yeah, but what uh what position? Wide receiver. Receiver. Yeah. Fast as hell. He played at Florida International for a few years. Yeah, he years. went to FAU. He uh, graduated from Maryland this year. But, I mean, uh, shout out to him. But, uh, you know, you always got to shout out, like, guys like Tavon Austin. And, you know, uh, you yeah, know, I just – I feel like every every football player kind of just look, looked at him when they were younger. It was just like, okay. It's wild you say that, right? Because I don't know, Tyus, how people feel about Tavon Austin and the rest of the country. But, like, here, yeah. it's like you're talking about God. No, I like, mean, I met him – I forgot. This was when uh, Deshaun Jackson had got to the Ravens and he came in as well with him. And I got the chance to kind of talk to him, get to know him and stuff. Super cool dude. But I honestly didn't know how big of an impact he was. For the city it was of watching a video game. Bro. Yeah. Like, yeah, when I was younger, I got to go to uh, Dunbar. I, I went to Dunbar's homecoming and I got to watch him play, and it was it was crazy. Like. It, literally everybody in the city. It was the guys like him. You got guys like uh, Stephen Smothers, who uh, went to Franklin. Yep. But I mean, like those are some guys, especially in the city where it's small, kind of. You rarely get people to kind of go out and you know make it to schools like West Virginia and stuff like that. So it's, it was good to see for sure. Have you ever had an opportunity to see or um, play guys like a? Blake Quorum that we're currently watching uh, in the national championship. St. Francis guy. He went to St. Francis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think Blake was came out like a year after I left. Like, he was younger than me. I never got to play against him because, you know, St. Francis, they – yeah, they don't, they play that national schedule. Yeah, they, they, uh, Saint Sorry, Francis, they don't play sure. in in, yeah. in city schedules. Yeah, they uh they definitely St. Francis, but you know, uh I never got to play against, you know, guys who kind of made it to that national championship level, but I mean like I think that kind of it kind of helped me cuz it made me more intrigued when I came to the Ravens to kind of see like, you know, 
like who are they, are these guys really how they are or do I stand up to them? And, you know, uh, I just kind of went there with a blank head on kind of just trying to prove myself. And, you know, uh, at the end of the day, like, you know, when you make it to the NFL, you know, everybody's kind of like that good for real, for real. So you just got to kind of go out there and just go play. Hey, what company has the expertise and technology to make your home substantially more energy efficient, comfortable, and even virus free? It's AJ Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis at ajmichaels.com. So we talked about number one seed. You know, you've been there before, Tyus. Yeah. Is there a chance? And I don't I don't want this because you guys were so good in 2019. Yeah. And we're steamrolling teams the same way this team is steamrolling teams. But Reed and I were talking about on the radio the other day. We're like, we think this team might be better. Uh, I think it is. I really do. I really do think it is. I think from just an overall standpoint when it comes to togetherness, chemistry, uh, just playing fast, uh, playing confident, you know, having the confidence within each other to do, you know, your jobs. And I mean, even from the offensive side, when you talk about the talent and, you know, who Lamar has and the weapons that we have. I mean, you look at that 2019 team, we didn't have no like big name players besides, you know, Mark Andrews. So just be able to have talent on that side now and, you know, guys, he can actually, you know, throw the ball to. I mean, it's this is a whole different team than 2019, I can say. How important is it for you guys that were there in 2019 to divorce yourselves from that team? And because what we're seeing now is a lot of comparisons, right? Because of the dominance that you've seen as of late, because of the similar records. but. How important is that for you guys to say, no, that's that's not what's going on here. What was then was then what's now what's now. And this is not the same situation as the last time. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure that conversation will come up, you know, after the Steelers game going into the bye week. But I mean, we um, we kind of like come out with that same mindset of just trying to dominate each and every game, just how we did, you know, in 2019 then. You know, we go in with that mindset of just going out there, playing our brand of football, going out there and find a way to win. Because, I mean, every win is a great win, regardless of how you get it. So, you know, we just we just have that mindset right now, just, you know, taking care of business whenever that we come. And uh, I'm sure, you know, whether that's me or any other guys that's played on that 2019 team to be able to, you know, bring that up and let guys know, like, this is a you know, the team from 2019. This is a whole different squad. Yeah. Is there anything that you learn from that that you say, like, we might, I I would like to do things differently this way, like how you prepare for the play. Like, you know, we all, even Rita finally came around to agree that, like, you know, it's it's better to have the bye week. Yeah. I mean, I I honestly like the bye weeks. So is there anything that, like, you took from that year to say, hey, maybe we play a little more in the final, you know, I know this doesn't impact you. I understand that. But like, is there anything from that experience that you say, Hey, I compare it to the London thing, right? Like the last time the Ravens went to London, they lost. And John Harbaugh said, we don't know if it's going to be better, but we're going to do it differently because it didn't go well the last time. Is there anything that you would think that maybe you could do differently this time related to what happened in in 19? Um, I mean, I kind of still stick with, you know, just this last game. I mean, it's not really something to work for besides, you know, trying to get the Steelers out of the playoffs. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I would still, you know, put Lamar on ice, you know, just your main guys on ice because you just don't want to try to take a chance, you know, with a game that doesn't matter. Yeah. 
And from that point, you know, just trying to trying to stay in a in a consistent groove, you know, throughout the week, whether that is walkthroughs and or just a light practice, whatever it is that we have planned, just continue to stay in a routine, continue to stay in a groove. So you're not going into game week, you know, trying to, you know, get the dust off, you know, because then when that playoff, when that playoff game comes, it's a whole different mentality. Like it's a different type of physicality, speed mindset like intellectually like it's it's a whole different type of game when it comes to that playoff so i think the best part is just continue to stay in the groove stay in the routine you know continue to keep you know our main guys you know in that same pace as for us throughout the week and like this week just keeping them on ice keep them away from the field just make sure we got our main guys you know that's healthy get those young guys get them experienced and you know so then when you get to the playoffs, you know, we're all on the we're all in one accord. Yep. We're all in the yep. same group. That's yep. Coach Ty is talking right there. Right? That's what it sounded. I I want to ask you about that too in the third segment. I want to ask you about the words Coach Tyus. We're going to talk about that in segment number three. Y'all make some noise again for Tyus Bowser, Malik Ham. Hey, Grade Eights memorabilia is bringing you fun live music events in 2024, including the inaugural Wake and Bake Brunch right back here at Mother's North Grill. The event features a live acoustic set from Harbor Boys and a themed brunch with delicious food from right here at Mother's. Tickets are available starting this Friday, January 5th at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about it being Steelers Week. And I want to talk about Malik, about the fact that he played lacrosse. Right? All right, we're going to get you segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show tomorrow. We will do that here. And, of course, you can listen to the entire show. Watch the entire show, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline, or Friday night you can hear it on 105.7 The Fan. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. When we come back in, we're going to be joined by the head coach of the Maryland Whip Snakes. He's Jim Stagnita. What? Oh, God. Jim Stagnita joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. Fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and 
killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very special annual best of issue. On the cover, we celebrate Orioles manager Brandon Hyde as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and the Orioles as our Team of the Year. With Stan the Fan Charles and Glenn Clark sitting down with Hyde to discuss his role in creating the culture that defined the Orioles' magic season. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2023. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Terps, and O's at PressBoxOnline.com. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. All right, let me make it abundantly clear. I don't care about the Pro Bowl. You all know that. Everybody understands. I don't care. I'm not. I didn't watch when it was a football game. I sure as F don't watch now. The Pro Bowl is not really all that important in terms of recognition. And we say you're a so-and-so time pro bowler. All pro means significantly more. How exactly was Kevin Zeitler not picked as a pro bowler? Like, what am I What am I missing? What am I missing? What did they just say? The Ravens had too many? And, and so we got to like, cap yeah. it at seven. We're not allowed to have more than seven. I am so confused. Also... Uh, Pat Ricard was passed over in favor of Alec Ingold from the Dolphins. Like, fine. <laughs> I like again. I don't even know how to judge it, but I'm, I'm a, I'm a bit confused by it. Uh, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. The guards that were selected were Quentin Nelson, Joel Batonio, and uh, Joe Thunny. All very good players. I just don't understand what I'm missing with. Um, with Kevin Zeitler not being selected, it kind of makes no sense to me. Congratulations, obviously, Lamar Jackson. He was not voted. He didn't get the most votes. That was uh, Tua that got the most votes. So, Josh Allen bully gets for him. snubbed as the... Uh, I mean, this is, is the problem the, with like all of the good quarterbacks being yeah. in the AFC. Imagine if Joe Burrow had been healthy all year. Like, imagine. Like, you're picking from that. How does Justin Herbert ever make a Pro Bowl? Ever. Like, in his life. Get to be in a Pro Bowl. And you could make an argument for C.J. Stroud as a Pro Bowler this year, too, but um, just all of the quarterbacks on that side. Um, but, yes, obviously a bunch of Ravens. Seven Ravens end up being named Pro Bowlers, including Patrick Queen, which was cool, uh, alongside Roquan Smith. I mentioned Lamar Jackson. Tyler Linderbaum, a Pro Bowler, as is uh, Kyle Hamilton, very deserving for the first time in his career. Justin Matabike, very deserving for the first time in his career. The guy that uh, got it and arguably maybe isn't quite as deserving. 
awkward part is Justin Tucker also named a pro bowler and as good as Justin Tucker is, I don't I don't know. I don't know if this year Justin Tucker was worthy of that. But seven Ravens pro bowlers and again I'm I'm not pretending that I care. I'm just I feel like Kevin Zeitler was worthy of being a pro bowler this year. That's all. Uh, congratulations to them. Today's show is also brought to you by Superbook. Again, download the Superbook app. Go to Superbook.com. Use the code GlennClark23. When you sign up, you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose, from Superbook. Joining us now here on GCR, first time we've had the opportunity to catch up on the next guest because it's, you know, the first time that, like, we acknowledge that they are the home team now. And the PLL just announced their schedule for 2024. And there will be two games the weekend of August 2nd through 4th here in Baltimore for the Maryland Whip Snakes. Joining us now, he is the head coach of the Whip Snakes. He is Jim Stagnita, and he's with us on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn. It's great to catch up, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Hey, Coach, can you hear me okay? Yes. Hey, we're having some trouble hearing you, Griffin, if we can kind of get that figured out. Unfortunately, I don't know what's going on there, but we'll see what the story is um, and uh, maybe try to get that squared away. Yeah, the PLL announced their schedule. And you can go start getting putting in for tickets right now. I think that they have a, a pre-sale uh, for tickets, and you can sign up going to uh, PremierLacrosseLeague.com. But they will be back in Baltimore August second through fourth. Let's try Coach Dagnita. Coach, it's it's Glenn. You got me okay? Yeah, I got you, Glenn. Good awesome. Sorry Great. About that. No, no problem at all. Great to hear your voice, Coach. I, I I wonder, you know, what actually changes for you, right? Because we're not yet at the place where. Like, you got to relocate the Baltimore and everything becomes home here. But it is a little bit more real, I think, in a different way that you're representing the state and that the, the you know, the whip snakes are now the home team for this area. Does anything about your job actually change now that it's the Maryland whip snakes? You know, I, I think it changes more as far as our interaction with the community, right? In, in making it kind of official. Like, I've always felt like. You know, we were the Maryland Whip right. It always felt like a home game there for us with the crowd and the support and certainly the number of Maryland guys we have on our roster. So it just kind of confirms that. But it also, you know, brings us into the community between, you know, PLL assists and all the youth efforts, um, you know, kind of kind of puts us in a, you know, in, in a more um, interactive position with with kind of with the people in, in, in the state and in Baltimore. Um, you get the sense of, you know, it's funny you bring that up, the fact that it was always sort of like it was the Maryland Whip Snakes because there were so many Maryland guys on this roster. D- do you get the sense there's maybe even like an additional amount of pressure now? Like I know this, you'd probably make an argument for Western New York, but so many of us throughout the country believe that like this is the home for lacrosse and now being declared the Maryland team is there maybe an additional amount of pressure that comes along with that? Like, hey, the expectation is, and I know you guys already won a couple of championships, but that's what we're supposed to do. This is supposed to be the home of lacrosse. Yeah, and it is. I mean, I'm an upstate New York guy. I grew up in Syracuse, but I've, you know, I, I have really strong roots in, in Maryland from, you know, the years of recruiting as a college coach. My son played at Hopkins. My wife is from Baltimore, was a, grew up as a Colts and Orioles season ticket holder. So I, I have a real good idea and, and understanding of what the expectations are 
there for their teams. And, you know, we've, our, our goal is always to compete at the highest level. And, you know, while we took a little bit of a step back, you know, last year, I, I know that, you know, we're inspired to get back and are doing the things that we need to do to get back. And, you know, I think it's great to be in a, um, you know, in an area in where, you know, there, there are high expectations and, and people know lacrosse. And that's what I've always, you know, appreciated about it is the knowledge of the people there and the understanding of the game. And, you know, I, I know our guys are, are excited about it. And, you know, it just it just makes sense. It's the right place and the right fit for us. I was going to say, how much of that is exciting to you to like further? You know, you mentioned, obviously, that there has been the connection and clearly like the number of Maryland guys or guys that played at Maryland that, that are on this roster that are true stars, the Matt Rambos of the world and Jake Bernhardt. But how in, in, in exciting is it for you to further entrench that the team with the community and to continue building that with what the PLL is doing? Well, again, I think at this point, this is, this is the next step for the PLL. Mike and, and Paul Rabel have, you know, have really done this um, in a, in a very planned, in, in a very planned way, right? And this is the next step. This is kind of, you know, putting teams to cities and, you know, this is, you know, again, for, for us to, you know, to be able to call a place home, I think our guys are comfortable there. We've been successful there. Like I said, when we show up in Baltimore to play games and when we've gone to Hopkins, you know, there are a ton of Maryland lacrosse uh, t-shirts and, and, and whip snakes t-shirts. It's just been a, you know, it's been a place where our guys have, have felt like they had a kind of a, a home court advantage. Uh, 100%. He is Jim Stagnita. He is with us here on GCR. Again, go to PremierLacrosseLeague.com right now in order to sign up for the pre-sale to get your tickets as there's going to be wild crowds and now two Whipsnakes games the weekend of August 2nd through August 4th. Coach, this team, you mentioned, you know, wanting to get back to that championship level and, and you guys set the tone, right, the first couple of years winning the title. What what is the difference? It is a long season. It's difficult because you don't get to spend all week with the guys. Like, what is the difference in getting back to that championship level moving forward? You know, there's there's a lot of different pieces to it, and and certainly we have spent the last few months kind of evaluating. Um, we've had you know, one of the hardest things to do in sports is is sustain that level of of success, right? Because you start to you know, you, you start to become a little bit comfortable, a little bit complacent, and you start to expect it, you know, that that's going to happen. Um, we had some adversity last year. Our, our lineup um, was, was never completely healthy. Um, but at the same time, in, in years past, you know, we, we were able to overcome that. And, you know, the league has continued to evolve. I think teams have, um, you know, have, have set their personnel in, in, in their approach in a way that they can counter what, what we do, which is what all good teams do. And, you know, now we have an opportunity and, and, and a necessity to, you know, to, to make some changes. I and mean, again, we've had a, a foundation of the same five guys for now five years. Some of those guys have been with me since MLL days, you know, eight to 10 years. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's time to, you know, we, we haven't had the opportunity. There's, you know, to catch 22, you win and you end up with the last pick in the draft. And, you know, we've been, we've been at the bottom of that for the last few years. We feel like we have an opportunity and a great draft to, you know, to address some areas that that we need to improve upon. And, um, and and we're trying to take advantage of that. And, you know, there's some personnel moves that we haven't made in the past because we haven't had to that, you know, we, we probably, uh, that that we're starting to make, they're, they're not going to be major, but, 
you know, the league is, is getting younger. The players are getting better. Every team is, is improved dramatically. And, you know, now it's our time to kind of make some of these tweaks that we need to make to, you know, to, to get back to, you know, to get that, that, that focus back, right. And that desire. And, you know, the one thing about these Maryland guys, the university of Maryland guys and our team in, in, as a whole is they're proud. And, you know, they, they, as much as anything else, they understand that, you know, we didn't achieve and perform at the level consistently last year that we have in the past. And, you know, they're, they're focused on, on doing the things that we need to do to, you know, to put ourselves back in, in the mix. Do you feel like that, you know, as this continues, Coach, and, and like they get to a point where there's going to be more and more home games in the future, do you feel like, that, like there's not going to be a team in the league that has a greater advantage than the Whip Snakes will moving forward? I, I don't know how they could. I mean, honestly, again, there's, there's no guarantee that, you know, we will always have Maryland, uh, that depth of Maryland player, but, you know, that's something that we focus on because of their, you know, their experience, yep. their, the, the, their breed, their, you know, they play in big games in front of big crowds. They, they play team lacrosse. They're well coached. They're tough, you know, and that's, those are the things, you know, and they come from a great culture. So those are things that we, that are important to us. So that's certainly a place that we will always look to first um, and foremost for, you know, for players. Um, but again, it, it's, I think out of every, venue we've been to um the crowds again their their knowledge and appreciation of the game is is just at a different level than anywhere else we've been so um i you know i I think that yeah i think we have a home uh, a home field advantage that that may be different early on than than any other team in the league it's raucous for the people that haven't been out when the pll has been to homewood field it's it is like a like a rock concert it's wild man it is truly some of the most electric atmospheres that you'll find in the entire sport. I, and I guess let me add to that, Coach. Like, now that you're in this position, you're trying to cultivate, you know, a, a, a support from the community. What's your message to maybe the casual, like, you know, the, the Ravens, the Orioles fan that, like, cares about lacrosse when, they're, when their nephew's playing lacrosse but has not maybe picked up on pro lacrosse yet? What's your message to the casual fan in this area about why it's time to jump on board and to be following and supporting the Maryland Whip Snakes. I think you, you, you said it really well, Glenn. It, it's an event, right? It's an experience. Um, it, it's, you know, the, the excitement, the electricity, uh, you know, obviously the speed of the game. Uh, it's different than the college game. and just, you know, in, in some of the rules, uh, it's fast. Uh, it, you know, it has everything you could ever want. In, in sports, it's, uh, I mean, these teams are, everybody's competitive. And, you know, what, what, what the Rables have been able to do and what the league has been able to do is turn this into, you know, just kind of a, a weekend event. It's, it's so much more than a game. The, the player interaction, the, you know, our guys spend so much time um, with the kids. And I, I've, I can tell you, I was a college coach for 28 years. It, it, it's some pretty competitive places and, and no one really cared or knew much about who, you know, who I was and, you know, they built brands for all of these players and, and all of us. And I think we're just scratching the surface. We really are, but you know, I just don't feel like Maryland's one of those places or Baltimore where we have to convince people of, of right. the quality of, of what this is compared to some other places. It's so funny. You bring up like the brand thing. Like I watch like kids interact with Matt Rambo and they like wild out that I'm just like, this is so cool, man. Like imagine, imagine going back to when you were a younger man and telling them that there's going to be a day 
where like like lacrosse players are going to walk into a community and they're going to be treated like rock stars and like i just see those interactions and it really is so cool for me to see i can only imagine what it means to you coach it's again i've been around this for so long and you know the impact that it, it really is growing the game because the impact when you when you go to these games and, and again you've you've been there i mean it's a family event comparatively right there's kids all over the place um and again, they get to interact with the players and the players are really good at it. And they're really generous with, with their time, regardless, win or lose. And, um, you know, just to see what, what these guys have built from a, from a brand standpoint and the jerseys with names on them and, and you know, how these kids look at them and, and interact with them. It, it's, it's, you know, for me to see what the PLL has done in that regard is, you know, to me, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's a game changer. No, it's incredible. So I got to see, uh, you know, I, one of my many jobs is I do play-by-play for Loyola, and I got to see mm-hmm. Tucker Dordovic when he played uh, at Loyola last year. That guy is special. Obviously went on to become Rookie of the Year in the league. Like, how much do you feel like you guys are still only scratching the surface with him, and he might be ready to take that step up to being a like a true superstar in the league in the years to come? Well, he's you know he's unique in a, in a lot of ways, right? He, in college, he played attack, he played midfield, he shoots the ball as well right-handed as he does left-handed. Um, you know, we needed a, a, a little bit more. Um, we we need a little bit more diversity out of the midfield, and, and someone that, that could start to take the the pressure off Mike Chanachuk, who's still a great shooter, but it's you know it's been in the league twelve years now. Um, and, and he did that and we were pretty banged up last year and he really stepped, you know, he really stepped up and, and here's my, my thoughts on him. He had just finished another full college season, right? 14, 15, 16 games. Um, it was his fifth year of college. And then he rolls into the pro league and, and plays, you know, an 11 game season when he has and, and was learning every single day and, and, and is, you know, is really someone who, you know, who asks questions and, and who is, is truly coachable at this level when he has, you know, you know, he has an off season to recover and rest and, and has a better understanding of the pro game. Um, I, you know, I, I think he's, you know, I, I think you saw a little bit of what he's capable of doing, but I think that when he now with a full year under his belt and being healthy physically and excited about, you know, about a new season, um, you know, I, I, I think he's, uh, I think he's going to be somebody who, is going to have an impact on the league for a long time. He's a special player, man. There's no question about that. Uh, Coach Jim Stagnita, it's it's great to chat with you. I'm going to look forward to doing this throughout the course of the season, and I think that it'll be cool, too, for – you know, for people that came to the games and were rooting for the Whip Snakes when they came but maybe weren't paying attention, like I think that this will allow for this community to be a little bit more dialed in and watching the games on uh, ESPN or ABC, ESPN Plus, um, even you guys are playing in the rest of the country. So we will be looking forward to that. Uh, encourage you to get signed up for the presale for tickets, premierlacrosseleague.com, as uh, looking forward to the PLL being back here and the Maryland Whip Snakes playing at home for a couple of games here in August. Coach, really appreciate you spending a couple of minutes with us. Let's do it again as we get closer to the start of the season, all right? My pleasure. Appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, look forward to circling back and continuing to, uh, you know, to build this, uh, build this relationship between the Whip Snakes and the community. Absolutely, man. Thank you, Coach. Coach you uh, Thanks, Scott. Jim Stagnita with us here on GCR as um, – you know, they're actually going to do again this year the championship series down at the St. James, which I also think will be important for 
what we're going to see in the Olympics in 2028 is going to be the sixes brand of lacrosse. And that's what they do during this championship series down at the St. James. Now, I don't think the Whip Snakes are part of the championship series. But I think if you're trying to learn about what they're going to do in the Olympics, that'll give you the opportunity to sort of see it, check it out, get a feel for it. It's a fun version of the sport. It's a fast sport to begin with. This is now even faster. Um, so it'll give you a chance to check that out. And also, the, like, the subplot to... All of this now, and I was talking about this when I did the, um, you know, the, the USA Lacrosse, the Fall Classic this year, is that like now that it's official and it's like definitely happening, all these guys are also seeing this now as their path to becoming an Olympian, which is, it's still kind of mind blowing for lacrosse players that that's in front of you. So that also that element of it the championship series i think becomes really important because that's your chance to show that like you can play the sixes brand of the sport at the highest level and might be your path to becoming an olympian moving forward all right we got one more break we got to take to don't we because we? we didn't take a break in the entire first hour of the show who the hell is the host of this how it should be charade yeah. who is that guy what the hell is he what does he even do around here Hey, I told you I'd stand a little under the weather this week, so he hasn't been able to do his normal shows. He's going to get back to them. He is scheduled to be hosting Monday, Wednesday, and Friday of next week. I just want to be as honest with you as I, I possibly can. Stan has been sick. We have given the flexibility that it's possible there might not be a show on Monday next week. We hope that there will be, but the truth is the Ravens game doesn't matter this weekend and there's not going to be an opponent to talk about on Monday. So it's not the end of the world to us if there isn't a Monday show. We know there will be shows Tuesday through Friday of next week, even though I won't be here. We hope there's a show on Monday as well. But we're trying to give Stan some time, and he's not going to be in here with us tomorrow as he's just been under the weather, and I don't know, you know, we'll let him talk about that if he wants to talk about it. It's not our place to do that. But... um He's had a rough go of it this week. He said he's starting to feel a little bit better. He thinks he's going to do a picks video with me tomorrow, so hopefully that'll be the, the sign that uh, he's re- ready to go. But um, we love Stan, obviously, and we hope that he takes care of himself. I joke about the fact that like my voice hasn't been great this week. Stan's going through something a little bit tougher, but again, that's his place, so I'm not going to say anything about it until he wants uh, anybody to know about it. But um, that's the plan. No Stan shows this week. Hopefully they'll be back next week as well. And hopefully he'll be in here with Griffin come Monday and Monday, Wednesday, Friday next week he's hosting GCR. But if not, promise there'll be shows Tuesday through Friday of next week. When we come back in, we'll get a tidbit. We will get tubular as we start to wind things down for a Thursday edition of GCR. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. 
Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouth-watering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at Baltimore.org slash hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Brace yourselves for an unparalleled game day experience at the new Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson. Experience the thrill of live, in-person betting with Baltimore's only state-of-the-art Vegas viewing TV experience. Choose between a person-to-person experience with their on-site tellers or the convenience of their self-bet kiosks to place your bets. Gather your betting buddies and head over to the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks today. Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. The ultimate destination for game day excitement, Great food and live in-person betting. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Go to mdgamblinghelp.org. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, back in here as we are winding down for a Thursday edition of the program. Let's get a tidbit. Let's get tubular. Tidbit is brought to you today by what's brought to you by the Green Turtle, Griffin. Green Turtle uh, has uh, something pretty cool going on right now because if you didn't know, they do have uh, now some live in-person sports books over at uh, the Green Turtle in uh, in uh, in Towson and Canton, uh, and they're, every Thursday they're offering a free ten-dollar bet. Uh, so you can use that on uh, whatever you'd like tonight uh, or, or later. Drew gave out some golf picks yesterday. I guess you could use that on that if you, if you, if you trust Drew. Um, uh, so check out the Green Turtle Sportsbook. And if you do, there eh, might just, be some just, questions there. Yeah. If you trust Drew. Uh, so check out those Green Turtle Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton where you can experience the ultimate destination for game day excitement, great food, and live in-person betting. The Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. Go pick up your free bet, make some money while enjoying some great food tonight at the Green Turtle. I saw a tweet that like Adam Schefter sent, and again because I didn't, it's tough on Twitter sometimes to, like read everything. 
said ESPN and the NCAA reached an eight-year agreement beginning September 1st, 2024 for NCAA championships media rights. The deal includes rights to a record 40 NCAA championships, 21 women's and 19 men's events, and international rights to those same NCAA championships plus the Division I's Men's Basketball Championship. And when you read that tweet, you're like, wait, what the F? The NCAA tournament's going to ESPN? That's a huge deal. Now, as I reread the tweet, I just think it's sort of poorly explained. They're going to write it for Duke every year, aren't they? No, I... Yeah, thank you. I think what he's trying to say is that the international rights to stay with the... Because they've had the international rights for the men's basketball tournament. I think he's just trying to say that continues that they have the... But, like, the way that you read it at first, you're like, holy crap. The NCAA tournament's moving to ESPN? That's a... That's that changing something that I've been I've known for my entire life, right? Like, and we can argue. I said before, it's always a little bit goofy that like Turner is not involved with college basketball at all during the year, and then sort of flies in to do the most important part of the season. It, it if you care about college basketball, and I used to care a lot more. Like, I used to be way more invested when I didn't have kids and when I could watch more random games during the week, things like that. GW and Fordham last night. I, oh I heard God. it was wild. Patrick was tweeting <laughs> yep. about it. Like, wild game. Triple Patrick's overtime. Patrick's on the call. It was great. Triple overtime. Oh, my. So, I don't watch games like that anymore. Um, I just don't. Like, if there's a big game, I might be inclined to watch it. But I, when I did, when I really cared, I was almost, like, offended by now we're going to let Charles Barkley and, you know, Kenny Smith... Charles, who, like, openly detests the idea of watching college basketball. Kenny Smith, who would, like, God bless him, he's trying, but, like, clearly is not invested in college basketball whatsoever. They're going to be the ones telling us about college basketball? Like, it was always bothersome to me. Their argument was, well, it's, we're trying to get a broader audience right. by getting these NBA people to come in. and Whatever. I don't know the answer. You can make an argument that ESPN actually would be better for the NCAA tournament because, you know, they cover college basketball throughout the course of the year. And if you like college basketball, that's where you're going to watch college basketball for the most part, obviously not the Big East and not the Big Ten any longer either. But those are on Fox. Like, I mean, yeah. you're, not, you're not going there. But I, as I reread the tweet a few times, I'm thinking that's not, that's not actually what Adam Schefter is saying. It's just that the international rights will still be... Um, will be involved with uh, you know, the, uh, the ESPN, whereas the regular tournament here in this country will still be CBS and Turner. Now, tidbit. Okay. Um, what did I have? Sorry, I had... So last night, uh, speaking of... Well, I guess not, 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 uh, not college basketball, but in the NBA, there were 10 instances of an NBA team scoring 130 points uh, last night. That is the most ever in a single, in a single day of... 10 different teams scoring 130 points. And, uh, in fact, there was a stretch of over 1,000 days uh, between March 9th of 2000 and then December 8th of 2002. This comes from OptiStats, where there was only 10 instances of a team ever totaling over 130 points from 2000 to 2002. Uh, so just, you know, How about a that? new era of NBA basketball yeah, right. that we have. How about Everyone's that? scoring 130 points. On uh, Tuesday, Joel Embiid, he became... I, I, I got this is where I gotta admit my I've only watched a few games this season. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean Is it genuinely because the defense is getting lazier and they're not Ding up as much. Like I we all joke about it that like there's just no defense in the NBA. I 
but we still know the difference between like a regular NBA game and the All-Star game. But is it that like you watch college basketball and you see like teams selling out defensively mm-hmm. and you know you're never going to see that in the NBA. And it almost feels like it's a wink wink nudge nudge thing like hey, this is people want to see the superstars score. They want to see scoring. So it almost feels like it's almost like a, a gentleman's agreement. Like, look, we're not – you're not going to go out there. You're not going to be Bruce Bowen. You're not going to go out there and be the 2000 Spurs trying to defend like this. But it, is it as bad as it feels like it's gotten with the NBA? And, like, a, just – Yeah. I, not even, like the, like, the players are being lazy as much as it's just sort of like an agreement. Hey, look, we're, we're not – this is this place is not for that. You're not selling out defensively. That's not what we do here. We don't want guys getting hurt, f- scrapping for the ball. We just want to let them go out and and hit shots and do the things that people like. I think it's part. I think it's part of that where there's definitely less defense going on. I also feel like players are just like that much. Well, I, mean, I, every, I don't want to say they're better, th- but it's like, an era know, where everyone, everyone shoots, shoots right? Yeah. Like so, when I went to that Wizards game the other week, they played the Magic. Going in, I think I knew I knew Paolo Banquero was on the Magic. I guess I knew Cole Anthony too. And then, but these guys like Franz Wagner easily drops twenty. Anthony Black, who was at Arkansas last year, he easily dropped twenty points against the. I mean, I guess the Wizards might not be the best, uh, the best uh, example for this. But Anthony Black, Cole Anthony, Paolo Banquero, all of them easily dropped twenty points. Like I think it's just, I guess everybody just shoots so much more, and uh, with the volume of shooting now, like you know, basketball balls just. Landing the hoop more often, so that's. I guess it's just the way it is. Uh, I, I don't like it. I prefer I, college basketball. I like watching guys, you know, sell out defensively and and being a little bit more strategy to the game. That's why I love college basketball. Well, and everybody who said that like it changes a bit once you get to the playoffs. There is like yeah. actually a little bit of defense once mm-hmm. you get to the playoffs, and so this is the regular season. You get what you get. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't ever want it. I don't know that the NBA regular season is ever going to be for me because there's never going to be a team in Baltimore. So I just don't know that I'm ever going to be a guy that's going to spend any time watching NBA regular season basketball. So I don't know how somebody feels that is in a city that has a team that is inclined to watch night in and night out. Like they probably only really care how well their team is playing and don't really care about the brand, the sport itself. I I, I don't know that I'm the right person to talk about it. Anyway, go ahead. If you were watching the NBA on Tuesday night, you saw that Embiid dropped uh, 30, 15, and 10. 30 points, 15 rebounds, 10 assists, uh, and he did all that despite sitting out the entirety of the fourth quarter. He became the first player in NBA history to reach all of those numbers uh, with, uh, while, while, while sitting out all of the fourth quarter. Um, he also became only the ninth player in NBA history to have multiple 30, 15, 10 games. They're pretty rare, 30, 15, and 10. I want to see how many of the uh, other eight guys you can name uh, that have dropped multiple 30-point, 15-rebound, 10-assist games. Um, 30-point, 15-rebound, 10-assists. Nine total. You have Embiid, so eight more guys have done this multiple times. Magic Johnson. Not Magic Johnson. Uh, Oscar Robertson. Not Oscar Robertson. How about there? There is there's only two non-active players on this list, which I guess just goes more into the yeah I guess the pace of this game. Just everyone. Uh, Russell Westbrook. Yes, Russell Westbrook. Seven such games of thirty, fifteen, and ten. I'm, all I can do this by is guys that they're triple double guys. That's yeah. like the only way I can. I can't. Uh, Jokic. 
Nikola Jokic the most ever. Ten such games of 30, 15, and 10. Uh, I don't think Jason Kidd ever had 15 rebounds. No, not Jason Kidd. It's wild to me that Jason Kidd had as many triple-doubles as he did because you're like, where did the rebounds come from? Really, frankly, where did the scoring come from? So that's the other part of it. He had to have 30 points. Jason Kidd's triple-doubles were probably like 12 points, 10 rebounds, 18 assists. Uh, Harden. Uh, yes, James Harden. Three such games. LeBron? LeBron also three games. How many do I need? I got four. How many am I supposed to uh, get? You will need four more. Uh, Larry Bird? Yes, Larry Bird. Five games for Larry Bird. Uh, Luka? Yes, Luka Doncic. Seven such games, tied with Russ. Giannis? Giannis is second on the list. Nine such games. Jokic has ten, Giannis has nine. And then you have one more non-active. One more non-active. Yeah, that's it. Wilt? No, not Wilt. One more non-active. How about... Yikes. Uh, Michael Jordan. Not Michael Jordan. We were just talking about him. We were just talking about him. Like today? Yeah, like literally uh, what we were talking about March Madness. Oh, Barkley? Charles Barkley. Two games of 30, 15, and 10. It's so funny because like everybody would say, when did, why would Barkley... But everybody forgets that Barkley was a scorer. Even was a shooter at one yeah. point in his career. Ten assists as well. Just... And then you said there was one more? Uh, no, that was that. That, that, that okay. was it. Jokic, Giannis, Luka, Russ, Larry Bird, James Harden, LeBron James, Joel Embiid, and Charles Barkley. Multiple games at 30, 15, All and 10. Right. Very good. Very good. Very good. Tubular is brought to you by either local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. A Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Here's what's coming up tubular-wise tonight. Griffin mentioned the only local hoops team in action. Towson's at Monmouth, 7 o'clock on Flow Hoops. Unfortunately, you get the home games on TV. Can't force the road games on TV. It's what it is. Big Ten Hoops tonight on Peacock. Penn State, Michigan State at 7. Minnesota, Michigan at 9. ESPN, Penguins, Bruins at 7 o'clock. And uh, then they also have Colorado, Arizona at 9.30. The rest of the college basketball find at glennclarkradio.com. TNT, Bucks, Spurs, 7.30, Nuggets, Warriors at 10. Golf Channel for round one of the century at 6 o'clock. If you're betting with Drew, you can watch that. Access TV for TNA Impact tonight at 8. Non-sports? Uh, it is the uh, the Golden Bachelor wedding tonight, of course, on ABC. That's at 8 o'clock, so you can watch uh, you can watch the wedding. Sure. And then other than that, Wait, is this really. real? Or are they really getting... I, I guess so, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're televising, they're televising something. Maybe, like, maybe there is a, you know, some... Home this cooking. seems a little bit like... I mean, they're... I don't know how old they were, but, you know, I guess it doesn't... I, I can I, understand I, them being like... I, I, I don't know. This seems pretty gross. It's the golden wedding. Thank you. Just move on. Um, the only other thing on Netflix, it is called The Brother's Son on... Uh, uh, it's a new series, and uh, it has. it's starring Michelle Yeoh, and I guess she's John Wick or something. Like, her son's apparently are uh, like fighting off a bunch of assassins. It looks pretty cool. I have no idea like what the point is, but if like you're really into John Wick and action uh, action shows and movies, I think uh, this might be for you. The Brother's Son on Netflix. Very good. Thanks today to everything else, ClinClarkRadio.com. Mm-hmm. Thanks today to 
PLL Whip Snakes, Maryland Whip Snakes head coach, Jim Stagnita. Thanks also to Charlie Batch. Thanks to KZ. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God. It's so good. Tab at Tomorrow on the show, Lewis Riddick joins us. He's calling Raven Steelers for ESPN on Saturday. Uh, Bo, I yes. assume, is yes. joining us tomorrow. Che- and checking with Bo tomorrow. Stuff and things. Stuff and things. Very good. Thanks, everybody, at Pressbox. All of our great sponsors and partners, including... Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Superbook Sports, The Green Turtle, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Uh, Join Rita and I 6 to 9 tonight on 105.7 The Fan. Duke sucks.